This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Uh, can I swear on this? <laughs> Did we start? Uh, yeah, are we, oh, are we going already? I don't... Um, is this you on? can only say but. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. If I can't say that, I'll just say I'll just. I'm sorry. Do well, me. but <laughs> oh gosh, uh, shout out to Bono, who's definitely listening to this. Bono, just all the all the cliches, one after the other, one after yeah, the other. Is that a doing, cliche talking out to like, Bono? Uh, like celebrities who definitely are listening and saying, "Oh, oh yeah, he yeah. listens to the show." Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like we've all done iterations of that. Little right? do you know, that's my Bono. I think <laughs> apartheid. <laughs> that's. <good. laughs> I'm like, That's just Farrell. an Irish accent. Wait, on for real though, are we recording? <laughs> we are. Great. But this isn't part of it. No. It starts now. <laughs> Damn it. We watched Life of Brian, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. I love Jay. I'm just killing. Bazinga. Jay. Okay, Jay. bitch. Watch this. Bazinga. You know, when I'm under, you guys wouldn't mind adding a couple inches in my pants. You want a penis enlargement? Well, unless you can uh, lengthen my tongue. <laughs> you broke your neck trying to suck your dick, didn't you? Maybe it's time to let me suck my own dick. Damn it. <laughs> I not for this in this show. Maybe it's time to let me suck my own dick. I just want to just give a little baby kisses. Bend my neck a little bit and I give myself a lick. Maybe it's time to let me suck my own dick. Wow. Oh, man. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline, and I'm sorry also. Hey! We're going to have Good Christian Fun. That's right. Oh, I have so many questions. Uh, yes. Is and I will question, answer that. Can you I'm hear a clean cut of just the audio? <laughs> Listen, we need to contextualize what we just heard. Uh, Good Christian Fun is a podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, Christian music, movies, entertainment, and also where Christianity intersects with other music. pop culture, like today when we're talking about Life of Brian. But listen, more important than all that bullshit we got to say every week. This is our 69th episode of the show. Hell yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Yes. And we got, a, we got maybe the nicest guest possible. Absolutely. Oh, I'm certainly to be. Yeah, you are. I'm fine. We saved up. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> oh, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, you may know him from The Good Place, mm-hmm. The Late Late Show, sure. oh. his own podcast, Punch Up The Jam. I don't know the podcast called Gambling. Ladies and gentlemen, give it the hell up for Demi Adichie. I love the build up. <laughs> this is 
phenomenal. Hey, man. I feel like I just got sent to Wonderland. Hey, welcome to Wonderland. Um, it's Narnia. <laughs> but instead of uh, the Queen of Hearts, it's Jesus. Oh, <laughs> the King of Mine. The King of Hearts. <laughs> the King of Hearts. King of My Heart. That song was about Jesus that Taylor Swift had on the last song. I don't know that song. King, King of My Heart. Demi, thank you so much for yeah, joining welcome, us. Thank Demi. you for having me. Gentlemen, what? I'd like to take a pause. Oh. And welcome you back into the podcast room together. We've, I know you just did his show, together. but yes. let's just pretend that, you know, this is like a big reunion. Sure. <laughs> we put the, we buried the hatchet. You've, we you we both finally have placed put your swords feud. on the floor. Yeah, you, both of you took your pants off, which I didn't appreciate. That's well, a secret it's handshake. part of, the, yeah. As, a, as an act of submission Whenever to we did other. Gilmore Guys, it was our way of going like, you know how uh, in a true scenario, everyone lays their guns on the table. That's right. And it's like, there's nothing here. For us, it was <laughs> Putting our dicks out, yep. just going, slapping butts, slapping butts. Always it's, ask. It's our version of the secret handshake they do in the Parent Trap, mm-hmm. oh. with the same music. Yeah, the sounds changed over time. Yeah. Oh, this is a very good sixty-nine episode so far. I mean, it's been really nice. What? was okay that audio for from. context this and this will come out before our episode where we talked about oh where we talk about out. it a lot yeah so friends and i'm very sad that this has not gone viral mm. but there was a guest arc a multi-episode guest arc that bradley cooper <laughs> had on the show nip tuck mm-hmm. in which he played a man who broke his neck trying to suck his own dick oh my god <laughs> wait i'm just gonna play a, a little bit of it uh, whoa. You know, when I'm under, whoa. you guys wouldn't mind adding a couple inches in my pants. <laughs> the you way he says that. He says well, it. Unless you can uh, lengthen my tongue. <laughs> Why does he boo? You broke your neck trying to suck your dick, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> what? Where did you come up with that? <laughs> what do you t- It's just kidding. And yes, he did anyway. So that's where that comes from. He's so much littler then. It's so funny to me that he broke his neck trying to suck his dick and <laughs> he's flying back straight into the sun before even curing his neck. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, thought yeah. it was amazing that the doctors guessed that so quickly. Oh, yeah. I, like, I think both cool. those doctors have uh, more uh, been there done that situation <laughs> like, for Oh, right. Yeah, you fell boys. off the bed. So yes, anyway, that's where... <laughs> Our that- fresh... A fresh piece of intro came in. (laughs) That fresh piece of intro. The new song came in. Perfect Um, for the 69th. Maybe it's time to suck my own dick. Maybe it's time. That they let me, because they haven't let me before. That's the opening song in A Dick is Sucked, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) 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 No, it's more of a mouthful Um, sound. Sucking. Oh, come on. And you know that song is called Swallow. (laughs) Far from the swallow now. Hey, you know what? For some people, Kevin's been humming that song for a long time, and I should have realized, like, wow, he has a lot of lyrics figured out. He's probably gonna record that later. I can't believe you brought a punch up to my episode. Hey, maybe it was a low key tribute to you and your show. Punch up the jam, also available where podcasts are available, right? And on the Headgum Network, hearing songs about people sucking their own dicks. That's what we inadvertently end up. That's half of them, right? Yeah, it is unfortunately. A lot of them. <laughs> I don't know how it happens. I wonder how many people's first episode will be this one of Good Christian Fun. I did rush through it, but listen, you don't have to be a Christian to listen to this show. 
no. We, could you imagine if you did and then we got through all of that and it's like, well, hope you guys are listening for all our Jesus. <laughs> all right, so believers, please crack open your word. Uh, boy, well, thanks for coming on the show, Of course. Yes. And for the record, I don't think this will be I think that this will be a lot of people's point where they're like, I'll skip an episode. <laughs> <laughs> or be like, I tuned out for six months. I'll give this one a shot. Maybe. Yeah. Either or. Either or. Welcome I, back. I vision casted this, though. I remember when... Um, you put a bunch of pictures of me up on a board somewhere? Well, somewhere. Hmm. It's right over there. But also, I texted you. No, you texted me when we started the show. You're like, oh, that's so cool. You're starting the show. It looks awesome. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, yeah, man. We got to have you on our 69th episode. Did you really? Yes. <laughs> yes, like Phenomenal. a year and a half ago or whatever. Aww. And so and then the timing just kind of worked out cuz I wasn't I wasn't trying to time it out and I wasn't pushing for it like in case the scheduling didn't work. But then honestly, is it the Lord at work that it is you're the on Lord the 69th episode? It's a God moment yeah. right here. That's it. I feel like you were saving Demi for like a special one. The nicest of miracles. Sure. Yeah. Either 69 or 100. Yeah. Or now, 420. Or 420. <laughs> I'm glad we got you earlier. In 2023. Yeah. <laughs> you got to speed him up. Sure. Well, Dem, thanks, Dem. Dem. You know, Do you ever Dems. call him Dem I've never think ever in his life he's called me Dem. So, Caroline, for you, is this like that scene? Caro. Is this like uh, your time? Tom Everett like. Scott and I'm Emma Stone in La La Land and we're going to a jazz club and then all of a sudden who should appear on stage? Oh my gosh. Me with my but Ryan playing the piano. <laughs> yeah, no, right. it's that it's that other movie where the girls team up to kill their ex-boyfriend. John Tucker Must Die. Yeah, mm. that one. And I feel like you and I should talk. Oh, Ooh, are we going to kill Kevin? <laughs> Kevin Porter must die. Again, Kevin it would Porter be an honor to die. die by either or both of your hands. Aww, which to is your favorite, though? Your hand. <laughs> yeah, pick a hand. Yeah. Uh, left, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. So you have to do it in tandem. Well, Demi, Demi, what is your strongest memory of co-hosting with Kevin? Oh, no. My strongest memory. Your strongest. strongest memory. Like, when you think of that time, <clears throat> and what would be, like, a little piece of wisdom you'd, you'd tuck my way? Kevin, uh, cl- cover yours. Okay, yeah, sure. I'll, t- I'll take my headphones off. If you can build a time machine, go back and don't do it. <laughs> you can, he can hear us. He can hear us. No, I was, hey. I was reading a tweet that was really bad news. <laughs> what do he do now? Nelson Mandela, you're not going to believe it. He's back? Yeah. Oh, uh-oh, I have to go. I have to uh, kill someone that isn't Nelson Mandela. Oh, That's no. right. Yeah. My Honestly, my strongest memory is just being in that church office yes and just like routinely staring at those bricks and just being like what a weird thing for us to be recording this here <laughs> yeah but then as that soon is as an we le- point yeah but like as soon as we left i was just like no that's normal this is what podcasting is and yeah. then when we started recording like in a studio it just wasn't ever the same is that funny yeah. i feel like it wasn't the same either in no. what way well we started recording it wasn't until like we were probably 200 or something episodes into yeah, the show yeah it was show. a while that we started, it was like the last year of the show. Uh, like did season it feel like seven, too I professional guess. when you were in the studio instead? Kind of, but it also was just like, I don't even know how to describe it. It, it felt I, like some of the personal air got sucked out of it. Yeah, and it did feel like, because there was that uh, weird lead-in of us being like, oh, it's a church office and people came by, there was like a weird sort of icebreaker as to like, what a weird thing that Something we recorded in here. About. Yeah, and, like as yeah. you walk in. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like when we recorded HeadGum, it was just kind of... Yeah, welcome to the studio. It made it more like real, but it made it less uh, 
like uh, rascally. Like a scrappy <laughs> less, little yeah, scrappy. podcast. Scrappy is absolutely the word. Yeah, yeah. It made it a lot less scrappy. So then there was like weird, almost like expectation on it too. That's Which again, we never yeah. articulated to each other <laughs> or ourselves. But no. it's only in hindsight that you're like, huh, it got like, yeah, it was a little more of a like real show yeah. at that point rather than- And also, like, it's a lot harder to record long episodes when you have to schedule every hour of those long episodes. Yes, oh, that sucks. Yeah. So like, because especially by the end of it, which I know we've both talked talked about like off mic what did we talk about for four I and a no half idea. hours i have no fucking we have clue. podcasts now where it's like you know what the ideal length is like an hour 30 yeah. maybe an hour 15 or 10 and then it's looking back it's like did we just never cut anything i have no idea ever because we had an episode that was six hours and 21 minutes and i think about yeah. it all the time of just like what were we doing but in there? but you know you know where we recorded that it wasn't at the studio. It was at a friend of mine's apartment. Right, yes. It, which I think is why it went so long there. Because we were just so comfy and just being like, whatever. Because it was scrappy again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one reason I've always liked recording here. We've only recorded at the HeadGum Studio once. Yeah. In, or no, really? twice, actually. Like, there was that one big day where we did the March Madness. Oh, yeah, Madness. a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah. But I like it here because it feels like... You know, it feels like a home. You're comfortable. Your bathroom's right here. Snacks are available. I love to pee in the middle of a podcast. Yeah, that's what I... (laughs) And if I can pee in my own toilet... It's the best. There's nothing better than that. And Mm -hmm. that's what podcasting is about is peeing convenience. Yeah, and it feels nice of like, uh, you know, we're throwing a party every time we get to invite you in instead of like, oh, come to my conference room and we will have a discussion about... you know, this Bradley Cooper scene from Nip Tuck. (laughs) (laughs) Which we do need to have a discussion about. But but yeah, and then it's Christian media, right? Uh, Technically, yeah. I'm sure they're all Christians who made it. Um, (laughs) But it is weird, yeah, when there's like a party leaving and then there's a party after yours. Like even the episode we recorded last of your show. Oh, yeah. There was someone kind of knocking on the door to come in. So then it's like, uh, okay, we're done now. Goodbye. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. So it ta- it takes a little of the sheen away. Was it ever uncomfortable for you, Demi, to record in the church building at all, or in like in that office? No. Uh, the only uncomfortableness nefarious was if, good works they're doing in there yeah I just oh, I could hear them planning a mission trip and I didn't like it <laughs> no I oh, the only uncomfortableness out. was if it would be like there's other people in the building that I didn't know and then I'm just kind of like should I introduce myself or should I like oh, oh and yeah. then one time we recorded and there were people in the room oh, next door and we got in trouble we got in trouble I got in trouble yeah but we were like straight up scree- like I don't even remember what we were chanting but it was the kind of thing where I remember like Hearing that someone else had heard us and being like, oh, no, I'm so upset that they heard us chanting whatever awful thing we were chanting in a church. Yeah. Oh, no, it was like singing and rapping at the same time. And there was, yeah, some off-color chanting as well. That sounds cool. It was also uncomfortable for you that one time when uh, it was at the end of a long night and we both left, except I thought we both left, but you were accidentally locked inside of the parking lot and I had to come drive back to get you. Oh, no. And you were there for like 15 minutes. Or oh, I totally bad. forgot about that. Yeah, it's yeah. not that bad. Yeah, it wasn't that, that bad. Did yeah. you like know any of the church staff by the time you left? Like, or were I they think, always gone by the time you guys came? I think like one or two people, but it's the kind of thing where I'm sure if I saw them now, I would have to do that thing where I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, you, hey, dude, what? hey, man. There uh-huh. was Zeppo, there was Barney, there was Mishmash. Oh, of course. Yeah, it was a, it was an elite. And crew. who can forget Peg? Peg. Squeaker is my guy, though. Sneaker? <laughs> squeaker. Oh, Squeaker. Oh, yeah. you know Squeaker. I know Sneaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> different times. That's so interesting. Hmm. Good in different ways. Because it's like, it's always, it's one of those things where I'm so, uh, like, 
like aware of that world and it's always interesting to hear like an outside person coming in and having this very objective like cut and dry view of that place i think because i grew up just fully in the church i just i was like yeah whatever oh (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. so it wasn't familiar and it became a part of like the fabric of the way we joked on the show too yeah it's been seeming talking about a christian podcast podcast. oh right and then he like willed this into existence (laughs) basically basically, yeah doing that so, so yeah, it was always part of the DNA because it was a funny thing. But Demi, as you mentioned, huh? you grew up in the church. I what, sure did. What's your history and background with all of it? Because I haven't really talked to you about yeah, it. Yeah. Really? I was, Ever? No, Over all that no, time? Believe it or not. Wow. Uh, so I grew up religious and like... I guess in my family, like religion's always been a big thing that's been relegated kind of to the background, but it's like a very strong cultural thing for my parents still and my sister, I believe. But it's just something that like I'm not I don't consider myself a practicing Christian. And like even as a kid, I was like, I know there are all these denominations. Which one are we? And then I just sort of realized my parents (laughs) were just kind of like, I will find a church and Mm. go for the sake of like continuing the cultural aspect. So they weren't like faithful to particular denominations. I don't think so. No. Do you know if there's one that they had? like grown up in or were familiar with I do not know Uh, I also know I think the church we went to was non-denominational but I also just remember thinking very quickly like this is a weird ritual that I don't love and just the laziness (laughs) sort of beat it out of me at a point where I was just like "Eh, I don't do church anymore and then outside of that I just sort of became like when analyzing like what I believe I just sort of quickly went I don't know and I don't care like it's not important for me to settle in a place so I just kind of think of myself as like even saying like agnostic or atheist i'm just like no that's a label and it's too it feels too firmly in one camp or the other right and i truly am like it's not a thing i think about (laughs) i don't to say you're atheist would be to imply you've thought about being exactly and it's i also just feel like i don't like aligning myself with atheist because it feels more combative than necessary did you have to go to a lot of church as a kid yes uh like, my parents would routinely wake me up on Sunday mornings and be like, we're going to church. And every time they forgot or, like, we couldn't make it, I was secretly just like, yes, awesome. Yeah. But I <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there were little moments here and there where I would really connect with church and just be like, oh, hell yeah, I'm all about this. And then, like, the very yeah. next week, just go like, nah, I don't know what happened. I It was a spike that went away. <laughs> Tell me about oh, those moments. What were the things where, like, oh, this could be re- real or I don't know. I remember going to, like, a church camp for a weekend, not a weekend, probably, like, a week or, like, a short amount of time as a kid, and just being like, oh, this is fun, and making friends and whatnot, and then there was one, like, I don't even know what the proper term would be for it, but, like, we all met in this big room and, like, listened to someone talk and read a story from the Bible, and I just remember being like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this, this is easily the most true thing that's ever happened, and, like, to live (laughs) and sit here and witness this and be in this moment is so (laughs) special, and I can't believe that I'm having... Like, just my faith solidified in this moment. And then, uh-huh. like, two days later, while still at the camp, just being like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hot and cold. Hot and cold. But you yeah, got kind of ensorcelled by the narrative or, like, a charismatic speaker or, like... Maybe. Or was it, like, communal? Like, did you make friends through the church? I did, but I don't think that the faith was anything... Like, that moment of sudden clarity was anything that I shared with the friends at the time. I think it was truly just the stories that they said. I was, and then I was just kind of like, that was told in such a way that I can't help but think of what a wonder it is. Yeah, then, sometimes you get maybe like a glimpse into like the prism of what if this is all extremely true exactly. or real. And it can be, yeah, it's like really like, woo. Yeah. It's like a bump up for a second. It's nice. But you can easily kind of just like walk away and be like, no, nah, I don't think I need that anymore. Yeah. It's not real. It's hard to sustain that. And I um, <laughs> I definitely have experiences with certain people. I 
person A says this and this and this, person B says this and this and this, and basically the content of what they're saying is exactly the same. But when person A talks, I'm like, this guy's lying. I don't think any of this <laughs> yeah. is true. But person B is like, wow, I think like you were saying, it's like the truest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. There's like a charisma and a confidence to the delivery of certain things. I mean, that's how con men exist, but it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. At times, hearing things in a certain way made me go like, oh, that's very powerful. But then I just go back to like our church and like talk to our normal pastor and go, mm, I don't know. <laughs> and then I also, also just very quickly became disillusioned like with and this is the dumbest thing, but like just the little holes in stories that I'm sure like if someone were to explain it to me, they'd be like, no, this is how that makes sense. But as yeah. a kid, I was just like, wait a minute. If Cain and Abel are the only two born, how were any more babies made? <laughs> yeah. It's a like, good question. No, but it's like, I'm sure there are people who are just like, well, that's not the, the literal reading of it. Blah, 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 blah. But I'm right. also just like very quickly, I was like, well, if that's not the literal reading of it, then what I know is wrong. And I refuse to hear otherwise. And it was also <laughs> just a scapegoat for me to not have to think about it ever again. Yeah. As a kid. Like it already wasn't really appealing so it was kind yeah. of like okay well see and then i was just like i just started thinking like damn i want to be part of the band and that's the only thing i was interested the praise in. team yes just even the people i was like oh fuck they get to play guitar and there's a guy on the drums there i want to play the drums can i be a part of the team that plays the drums and i like looked into it and started talking to people about it but then i was just like uh, it's a lot of like practice then you'd really shit. have to go to church every exactly week, and that's not what you wanted i had a friend who well played <laughs> guitar in like not even the band not even the church that i went to but in another church and i was so jealous of him for so long yeah, yeah. oh it was like status back then yeah. it was like because you saw uh like a mirror of whatever the high school dynamics were in just like a smaller microcosm at the church yeah. so there was like the leader click and the music click uh -huh. and sometimes there was overlap and then there was like the food ministry yeah so that yeah. that all happened all over again i remember <laughs> i remember trying out for my worship band really oh, you did not making it <laughs> <laughs> i was i think i was i'm kind surprised cuz i f i feel like you were a talented kid yeah, but not. I wasn't competently you didn't have the talented. I didn't have the raw sexual power. energy that a worship leader needs. Yeah, I remember. You didn't look good with your uh, shirt flapping open. Mm -hmm. No, and that was a part of it. And looking back, it's messed up that, <laughs> that it was is a messed part up. Part of the audition. I don't like that they body shamed you. But it was for piano, and they were like, "Oh, you know, can you play this song or play along with some guy on stage?" And I was like twelve at the time, playing oh. for like the youth group. Oh, team yeah, you're like little. Auditioning for I was like twelve or thirteen. And I was just kind of like, eh, <laughs> like, like looking back, and it's not even like being hard. My soul was like, I just wasn't good. Like I could, <laughs> I could fake chords now. But then they were like, they said, play anything, and I played the. <laughs> Pop goes the weasel. <laughs> no, better. I played uh, the. Padme Anakin love theme oh from Attack God. of the Clones, <laughs> Star oh, Wars so episode cute. two. Did they know that's what it was? No, because okay. it's not a, it's right. not a <laughs> famous theme of John Williams. Well, it's famous in Kevin's life. <laughs> it was. Wow. I still can play it to Yeah, this worship day. team, at least in my experience, is like that convergence of being like highly favored by the leadership of the church and then highly favored by like the kids in the church too, because mm, you're yeah. both talented and spiritual and like you got it all locked down. Growing up, were your parents, were they the kind of parents who would like bring up Bible teachings to you? And if you got in trouble, they would talk about God or was it just like not that? Because in my family, it wasn't like mentioned all the time. Yeah. It was like we went to church. I went to a Christian school. But at home, we would talk about the office more than we talked about the Bible or whatever. They wouldn't bring up like Bible, Bible teachings or stories, but <laughs> they would on occasion like, I mean, just 
say I'm trying to even think of like specific examples, but yeah. I feel like they talked about God a lot and still very much are like practicing Christians with like Christian rituals that are like cultural things from Nigeria that they will have me do whenever I'm home for a little bit. But it's not it's not so much in the like dialogue of what we yeah. say to each other. Yeah. My mom always asks if I'm praying and I'll be like, yes, but then we'll move on. <laughs> that's interesting though, that that's the question more so than like, I feel like, like for a lot of people, the question is usually like, are you part of a church? Are you like making mm-hmm. friends through Bible study? But she asked, are you praying specifically? Yeah. I think because she knows that I do not have time to go to a church. And also when <laughs> I was in Austin, I told, like I went to a church service once and then Veracruz was like, I don't want to do this. And just was like, yeah, it's not part of the thing for me. And she was like, all right, whatever. But yeah, I that's think- cool. It's nice. Your family is like a safe place too, where you could say that and not have it blow back in your face yeah uh i i mean it is mostly just the saying the part of like oh i don't want to go to church that i that i'm like yeah i don't want to do this mom but i think if i was just like i don't believe it mom she'd probably be upset but i don't i don't have that strong of a stance to even say that and to me it's like the cultural aspect of it and what it means to them is so important that i'm just like why like what I think of it has nothing to, it's of no importance for me to ever make any statement to them whatsoever. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah. What is um, a like Nigerian Christian ritual that we wouldn't know about? So a lot of times when my mom comes to visit me, she will have like water that she's had a pastor pray into or like soap that she's had a pastor pray into and like ask me to wash myself with it in a specific way and then be like, okay, we'll do this every day for seven days or she'll leave it with me and be like, wash yourself with this, but only do it on Tuesdays. Oh. And it's like a very, it's very specific things, but it's always, it always seems to be different in that like, it's never always that. Like that's the one that she had me do the last time she was here. But was the Tuesday wash? Yeah. Well, okay. that's what she did. She like gave me the soap and like uh, like a rag for it and was like, uh, you can use this, but only use it on Tuesdays. And I was like, oh, okay. I always am like, I'm not going to ask any questions. I always feel like I should because I want to be like, <laughs> why only Tuesdays? <laughs> why just this? Tuesday? Yeah. Is she also handing you like deodorant and a loofah? <laughs> she does hand me a loofah. Fresh socks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, she's just telling she's you those are rituals. Have you checked you. in with anyone else? <laughs> yeah, she that? tells me to brush my teeth for two minutes Vacuuming every night. House. Oh, no, that's not a religious. Oh, no. Are you no, sure? No, that was in my family. Unless, you know what? The only religious <laughs> ritual that I practice is quip toothbrush. Yeah, they got yeah. rotating pulses on we both sides of the mouth. We are not brushing our teeth right. <laughs> now, tell me, how in the hell <laughs> are any dentists behind this quip toothbrush you talk about? Oh, it's very dentist recommended. Ooh, uh, and pastor recommended. <laughs> hell yeah! I probably wouldn't use a toothbrush if a pastor recommended it. I'd be, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be curious about. Yeah. yeah, I would if they were like a hot pastor, mm. like a Carl Lentz type. Mm, you name dropped a hot pastor me. too quickly. <laughs> I just remember him because he had the book come out and he's making a hot pose on the cover of it. Because uh, a lot of pastors are just like doing? weird nerds that like would rather write than talk to people. Oh yeah, he's definitely a not nerd that would rather take pictures of himself than talk to people <laughs> or write books. The pastor at my parents' church uh, loved Hawaiian shirts. Oh uh, yeah. Wait, did he like hugging people too? <laughs> Was it John Lasseter? <laughs> oh, no. I was like, what are you? What is this reference? I don't like the way you... There's another Hawaiian shirt pastor that's pretty famous in Southern California, a guy named Rick Warren. Yeah. He prayed Warren. at Obama's inauguration in 2008. Life. Did you huh. hear about that book? No. Yeah, he's big. I remember him because of the way he prayed for Sasha and Malia at the inauguration. Aww. He pronounced their, their names, uh, and Lord, we pray for Malia 
and Sasha. <laughs> He said it it like that, like they were just so delicious or something. Sasha. Interesting. (laughs) Okay, but that would be, the soap thing was a a Nigerian ritual. Yeah. A lot of things like that, like when I go home, they have an oil that they want me to like put on myself and then like they're like, oh, and don't rub it off, just let it just dry in your skin. I'm like, okay, it's very uncomfortable, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you sound like a good son. I'm a fine son. Yeah, you are. You, yeah, you play along with the premise of whatever. Do you guys like do Christmas Eve or Easter stuff together when you... Not Easter, but uh, Chris, not even any like religious thing on Christmas. Like if we're with our like extended family, we'll do like a big prayer, but that's just anytime that we go on a trip together, they will want us to like gather in the living room and pray for like safe travel. Mm. Yeah. That's just a, 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 they do. Yeah. Well, this is a big thing with your family. I think is, uh, I remember ever since I've known you, you've always gone on like a big overseas trip every Christmas. Yeah. Basically. Exhausting. (laughs) It's just flying internationally is, takes so much out of you. And then I, I mean, this is just going to sound like a insanely first world complaint, but I'm always just like, we just go to these cool locations and just relax there. And I'm like, then why we can do this at home? Yeah. We can not spend the money. But I think that they are like, they very much want like to do a thing and yeah, not... it's your whole extended family. Ultimately. Every other year, it's my extended family, okay. and then in the interim years, it's just uh, the central. That's four. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I can't go down this gripe path with you. It no, I really nice. The grass is always greener, <laughs> but it's like imagine if you had to travel uh, like sixteen hours across multiple flights, and then you were just staying in a resort. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. You're yeah. like, we could go to Hawaii or like Me- Mexico is right here yeah. and relax in a beach. Or I think Demi's thinking Plano's nice. <laughs> I'm also just like, I would like to come home and just relax at home and have like a nice sit down. Yeah. But I'll, I think my parents are just like, that's boring. We won't do anything anyway. Yeah. yeah. This is a complaint. This does not need to be aired out on a podcast. <laughs> no, let's bring it to God and let's see what he can do about it. Let's the audience chime in. Lord. We're going to set out a poll later. Father God, <laughs> we lift this up to you. That's one thing, as far as like religious identity stuff goes, and not being associated with any particular thing. Yeah. I wonder, and correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. But I wonder if that, like, that feels pretty all of one piece with you generally as a person, too, in the sense of like you're comfortable identifying as like comedian, but in terms of like, you know, years ago, if someone said, oh, you're the Gilmore guy, or if they said, you're the podcast guy, or even now, if they said, you're just the funny song guy, right? you would probably reject those labels because it is so. such a narrow, it makes it like, oh yeah, here's here's the bucket I am, and here's the easy category, and it's like, it can be so assuming in yeah. a way, where and it's I, like... I think on some level, that's just people trying to be like, that's what I know you from, and it's not like an insult or any sort of like it's trying more to... more like reductive than... Kind of reducted, but also I'm just always like, I always want to just be like, well, I'm doing other things that I care more (laughs) about, but I'm glad that you know this one thing that I'm also doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, yeah, rejecting a a religious label or like even like a stance on religion label totally makes sense because... It also just feels like the kind of thing where if I were to align myself in a certain column, then that becomes a label that other people see in a certain way. And Mm -hmm. I'm always just like, I don't... There's literally no thing that I think or have about religion. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if other people practice it. I don't care if anyone wants to place their religious values on me, unless they become, like, bigoted or whatever. But And I also just am, like, 
I, I don't like the idea of other people doing the same thing where it's like some people will be like, oh, I hear that you're a Christian and then suddenly just have an entire mental image of what that person is. And I'm just like, I don't, it all means nothing to me. There's so many different sects of religious uh, pr- practice that I'm just kind of like, I, I can't think of it in any way where I would categorize myself as anything. So why yeah. even try to figure it out? Especially when I don't, the end result is it does not change my life to suddenly decide, oh, I am this. Because I'm like, well, I've been doing this for so long. What does it mean if I have a label for it? Yeah, now? so the labels aren't helpful in that Exactly. Regard. Yeah, and, and I think it's hard anytime too in terms of uh, representing or like carrying the water for a whole group of people whether it's like racial or religious demographic yeah. so it's like okay what does it mean to be respond like it's one thing to care about justice or like things that matter and are important in the world in a way but saying like well i need to do this as an atheist or as a christian or as a as a black person i must rep it like like it's sometimes that's really heavy to bear right it is kind of a bummer of like no no one's usually looking for that kind of responsibility, totally. I guess. Do you feel like people at, expect you to represent Christians very often? On the Good Christian Fun podcast? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah. The way this works is anywhere? you're the Christian and you have not heard of God yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're introducing and we're going through every book of the Bible. And I'm just like, Beautiful. what is this? I'm Team Nehemiah. <laughs> I'm Team Habakkuk. I'm Team Miriam. <laughs> yeah, boom. And then hundreds of, well, dozens of people boo us at our live. Can I get uh, a shirt from your store that says uh, Team I quit Nebuchadnezzar? Whatever. Team Nebuchadnezzar. That's a one of them. That's a bold choice. Oh, Team Nebuchadnezzar. The man that went insane. You know, he started eating grass at the end of his life. Hey, who doesn't? No, that's true. Hey, take the GR and we can talk. That sounds like, that sounds just like uh, uh, LA. Oh, yeah. Just a lot of people eating grass. Because of marijuana or because of kale salads? Because of salads. Okay. (laughs) I. Yeah, I don't. Kevin, you don't eat marijuana. <laughs> Come on. Well, you can do Eddie's. Sh- oh, Eddie's. Right. That, you sound like a narc. <laughs> Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> There's a show about three pieces of marijuana. <laughs> three pieces of marijuana. You're yeah, a cop. A He's a cop. You're such a cop. <laughs> oh, Come on. Can I get a, so, cops on this show? No, I'm not representing. How whole many times do I have to tell right you? Now. I'm Pass not representing cops on this show. <laughs> Give me a cold cut of that marijuana. <laughs> to your question, wait, do I feel pressure to represent? I don't know. Do you ever feel like you've been called upon to represent Christians? You mean like in a higher purpose or higher way? Yeah. No. Or someone's like, oh, but you're a Christian. You can't do that. I do feel like people recognize you as like, no matter what you do, you are the Christian X. Like it's part you of your idea. Really? I, I think in terms of just how... I feel like people see you like like no matter what you do like it's like you do this thing and then also oh and he's a Christian and they don't always say it in like a judgmental manner but they will but just it's be always like, like kind of tagged on there it's like, a part he, of your oh, identity yeah, that guy's Christian yeah interesting um well yeah I don't feel called upon and like it is my I was put on this earth blah, blah, blah. like I don't I don't feel that about anything though sure you know like like in the sense of I feel like a day-to-day responsibility to different things but I don't like ever maybe kind of like you where it's like I don't want to get it wrong in such a huge sense of like "Eh, maybe you're not called to anything and you're just just like figuring it out every day or every month and that's fine too as far as the identity stuff goes though I think sometimes especially for this stuff where we're like making stuff all the time and we're we're, we have to think about ourselves a lot and it's like what's the thing I can do I know I can do 
that other people cannot do. Or like an intersection. Like, like for example, one thing I love about Demi and Miel Bredo's podcast, Punch of the Jam, is that it's not a podcast that two other people could make. Sure. I don't think it's something where it's like, oh yeah, it's one of those. It's like, no, that's Demi and Miel's podcast. Yeah. That's not something that anyone else could do because it's like such a... Like, in addition to, like, the uniqueness of a friendship chemistry, there's also just, like, technical skill sets that not a lot of people share, if any. Um, so I think I, when I think about, like, Christianity stuff for me, I think, like, well, this is interesting because it's, like, something I haven't seen before talking about it in this way or in this space. And then, honestly, and it's, like, something we've had to go back and forth on, when we do veer into just kind of, like, oh, we're just kind of doing a progressive Christianity thing yeah, put us in the same folders like liturgists or whatever. I start to get bored with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, not that that's not interesting in and of itself, but I think I bristle against that like categorization totally. mm. to answer your question. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think the first half you were describing like your niche basically of like, I did. I do this because this is like what I bring to the table. That's maybe a little different. Like, there's probably not other, not a lot of other comedians in LA were like, and he's Christian, by the way. You know? Yeah, I and think it's like that's pretty forward why. on that. Yeah, and yeah. I think like you, you uh, feel like you recognize that tag on yourself, and you've like capitalized it on a good way. Not that that's like a dirty word or anything. You've just done that. And then I think the second half, you were saying that you also don't want to become representative of the like maybe spectrum of Christianity that you've fallen into at this point. Mm -hmm. Because once you, be you become like an ex-evangelical or a progressive Christian, then it is your responsibility on some level to like yeah. chime in on whatever Christian controversy is going on on Twitter or whatever and bring it to the show. But even if it may not really interest you or you may not even feel like you have something to add to it. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's definitely, that's not something I'm interested in. And two... Like, I don't know how you feel about this stuff sometimes, Demi, but, like, sometimes it's strange to think about, like, personal identity things and then see them almost, like, in that matrix of, like, branding of, like, well, no one else is doing this. Yeah. And so, like, so things that sometimes would be viewed as, like, sensitive or personal or sacred then become, like, oh, well, I can just, like, chop this off and make a little puree mix. Like, this is a terrible analogy, what I'm about to say, but it's, like, if one of the survivors of, like, a school shooting became a stand-up comedian, and he's, like, yeah, I'm the guy who survived a school shooting, and, like, that became his whole thing, there's something, like, that would be kind of strange about that, yeah. you know, like, depending on on how that person was doing yeah, it. Did you like see Vox grass. Lux? No, <laughs> no, I haven't. The Natalie Portman movie? Yeah. That's the premise of it. Oh, is that she survives a shooting and yeah. then that's her brand? Yeah. Interesting. Part of me is like, I don't think it's a spoiler because in my, like to me, when the movie was told to me, that was part of the synopsis. So okay. I think it is part of the synopsis, but it's like she goes through a school shooting and then is like also later. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it is a weird oh. thing. Yeah. For you to sort of have one thing and try so desperately to get away from it is I think something that happens to a lot of people because they don't want to be seen as that person attached to something from earlier. Yeah. yeah. And and I get I think for most of us it's just like we just want to find like we don't want to carry yeah. the you know the whatever What's, what's the way to put it? Like the kinda... cross. <laughs> there it is, yeah. the cross. Wow. Welcome to good Christian fun. <laughs> but yeah, you don't want to like I think I think it's hard because the whole thing I think you've gone through with like, I'm not just this, I'm not just this, I'm not just this. And then the ways like we've all respectively have gone through it is a way of like, 
almost a rejection of the notion of expectations of like, well, you do this. So now I, as an audience member or whatever, need you to do this. And I want you yeah. to care about this. And I need you to make this kind of product. And that can be a that can feel very entrapping. Totally. And there's like, you know, there's some dimension to where it's like part of this is like it is a um, champagne sort of job that a lot oh, of us have yeah. elected to. So it's like all of us can calm down. But at the same time, like it can make you feel crazy when it's like, you know, when the customer service line is always open, basically, because we make it open. Right. With the way that we market ourselves. It's the kind of thing where I will complain about just not being satisfied in work or in just like doing sort of thing like a million different things and none of them are in the direction of the thing i want to do Mm -hmm. and my friend's just like why are you complaining like a bunch of people love the thing you do and like you're doing pretty well financially and i'm always just like okay but that's still like not like you can be unhappy and still be it's the whole premise of that britney spears song lucky it's Mm -hmm. that whole premise of that sophia coppola movie all of them (laughs) i was like pick one which one are you talking about (laughs) wes anderson she's a star she cry cry cries in her lonely heart thinking Mm. if there's nothing missing in my life then why Why do these tears tears come come at night tears come at night so as far as live stuff if we were to fast forward to the end of the three and a half hour podcast what do you feel in terms of like life's purpose or like a deeper like if if it transcends religion or something or even if it's just like something today in january 2019 that you're thinking of like oh yeah this feels like a good purpose or trajectory of life for you personally what do you think that is so i was at podcon this past weekend and one of the things that started one panel was uh people trying to figure out whether or not it was okay to do comedy if like in a world where things are like burning down and you just kind of like feel guilty for not doing something or having some sort of job that is contributing to the greater good of the world. And uh, a lot of people were defending that by going like, oh, well, in a way, comedy is, uh, you know, helpful to a lot of people and helps them get through. But I just kept thinking, like, why do you have to do anything that contributes to the greater good of the world? Like, why can't you just do things for the sake of doing things? And a lot of times I think that's how... I start to think of the things that I do where it's just kind of like, I'm not doing this for any greater purpose. I'm doing this because I thought it was a fun idea and I've decided to just go for it. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to life, I I do think that that comes in uh, competition with my idea of what life should be about, which is to sort of have this forward momentum of keeping the world a better place for the, like keeping a world a better place than it was when you arrived or like trying to do something that, will affect future generations in a better way. But I think there's so many good ways to do that in a passive sense where it doesn't have to be like your entire life's work to make sure that the earth is so much better. And it's like a giant communal effort. Like no one person can completely just change swaths of the world in a way that will ensure that the future is better. But it also is like, there's no reason that I can't live up to that meaning of life while also being like, oh, every September I'm going to fucking dance, I guess. (laughs) And it's just like, I I don't know. I think the meaning of life should be as much to like in some ways I do think of people as an experiment made up by like maybe some giant creator, maybe just each individual person deciding to live out their own lives how they want. But I think it's like if you aren't going to try and make the best oh this is gonna sound bad (laughs) never mind i was gonna say if you can't try and make the best life for yourself and like enjoy each day then why live (laughs) but i I as i said that i was like well that doesn't but we know what you're saying it's a good faith assumption exactly and it's just like i think the idea should be that you are as much trying to serve other 
people in what you do as you are trying to serve your own interests and like make yourself happy and fulfilled and like do things that aren't necessarily uh meant to just make the world better like you should be able to enjoy the things you do and move towards a life where in the end of it the whole point of everything you did was for someone's good yeah whether that's yours or another person's hopefully both hopefully both yeah yeah i was thinking about this as i was like trying to fall asleep last night Mm. about how i still get this inferiority complex sometimes about like i'm not changing the world like i'm not helping the disaster reliefs yeah however many of them you know as if i'm gonna go and then help all of them or something or make it better and I'm, i'm always imagining a person that can do that and i'm like why am i not that girl and like what am i doing i'm just justifying my selfishness you know all that yeah. kind of stuff and i think it is like this uh difficult tight wire walk where you're trying to help people but also that can't be at the total expense of all of your own joy or your own just like satisfaction in life and i felt that that's often the failing of christianity sometimes is like in this haste to always be selfless and to be helping people there's a lot of people that get burnt out because they weren't also taught that like hey but your joy is worthwhile yeah and like something that you want to do for fun even though it may not have like a really lofty sounding purpose is still good and yeah. like holy in its own way you know holy is a a charged word but whatever yeah and so i i hear what you're saying too because it can sound like just abject selfishness to be like i can't make the world that much better but i can make it incrementally better while also like making my life you know worth living because it was fun and it made me feel lovely and i think on some level you can make the world better by just doing your best to be a good person like i think I've always said that the idea of being a good person is an unattainable goal, but trying to be a good person is very easy and is something that we should all be going for. Mm. And I think it's just the act of trying to be a good person that is important. And in doing that, even in the smallest things, it's like, yeah, you're making the world better by making an active choice to sort of force other people to live up to that in a way. Like, I think a lot of people will look at people who are nice and just go like, well, I can't say anything mean about them because they're just the nicest person in the world. And then what do you do there? It's like you just suddenly are forced into a corner where you are just having to become another nice person. It's like, (laughs) I think just by living up to the standards of the people around you is how you sort of reflect what other people have done to you. And in that, you know, becoming a nice person is moving that, it's like paying that forward. Mm -hmm. So just, I really don't think it's as big as having to like go out and, you know, uh, find a bunch of loose forest animals and put them in nice home <laughs> or like just do great things in like or grander things in terms of or in the pursuit of being a good person. But I do think that it's like if you sort of think about the way that you're doing every little thing, then you're on your way to achieving your own meaning in life. Yeah. Because yeah. if, if you are trying to be the great grand gesture person, aren't you just, you know, chasing another like unattainable goal unattainable goal or just uh more of like a status you know than helping and i don't want to discourage the people that are doing lofty great things but i imagine that for them and maybe their personality and their station in life that is attainable for them and that's like perfect and works for them and then for other personalities like us making a really sweet 69 episode (laughs) is like really changing the world yeah it's really important Um, Our first good episode. (laughs) And also, I think it's important to always give to your church. 
Yeah. That's, Whatever the nearest church is. Just find a hit up uh, Church Finder, the app. Yeah, church throw your loose change. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag loose change. There's gotta be <laughs> loose change actually could be a good like manifesto of what we're trying to do in our life. Yeah. Here. Oh my god. Loose Just throw change. spread the change Just around. Some change you know here. what this conversation reminds me of though, truly? And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to You're gonna make me feel like a big dick No, 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 no. Are you sure? No, no, no. Biggest dickus, aren't you? Biggest dickus. Um, Yeah. um, This conversation truly has reminded me of a little bear who is just passively making the world a better place, too. Here's the thing about that movie, and then we'll move on. And we'll I don't take think a this break. is talk silly about for you to Brother say. Bear on every episode. Yes, Aww. Brother Bear rocks. <laughs> no, it's been a while since it came up. <laughs> so the whole thing, and especially like this, really comes out on the for- upon the fourteenth viewing, I think, of the film. <laughs> I think so. But his so Padding in Paddington two, and mild spoilers for Paddington two if you haven't seen. I don't know why you're listening. If yeah, you who's seen it yet? <laughs> but. Uh, his whole thing is like it's such a small quiet philosophy that's not grand paddington doesn't say i'm going to like you know solve london's <laughs> homelessness crisis Restore or whatever prison culture yeah i'm going to reform the prison industrial complex socialism no, is the future <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a a video released of paddington dancing in high school <laughs> all, all the conservatives try to own him with <laughs> Aunt lucy don't you know capitalism is evil <laughs> Uh, but the whole thing is like it's all like small incremental like kind of what we would consider from our own first person perspective to be inconsequential movements and moments of kindness and small pleasures that for him are him pursuing his own pleasure too because he feels the most pleasure when he's the most connected to community and actually like building things and doing someone's windows and getting money to buy a gift and all this stuff. And at the end of it, he's like, kind of like what we were talking about. Like, is this anything or what you were thinking about last night? Like, am I doing anything with my dumb life? And he completely loses hope and belief of it in prison. Right. And then when he gets back and his name is cleared and then he sees all the people and makes me fucking tear up. (laughs) And And then it's like, no, it was worth it. Yeah. It was worth all the little things you did. You couldn't tell because you're just in the moment and you're being present and you're just trying to do your best on a, on a moment-to-moment basis. But then when you see the totality of like your effect on the community, we wouldn't have gotten together if it wasn't for you. I would have lost my keys. I would have never passed my exam. Like Even just the small things of him, uh, like the way that the neighborhood changes when he's not around, how everyone's mm-hmm. mood is a little bit sour when he's not just there mm-hmm. doing like normal things is so evocative of that mood of how like the individual changes the greater nature of a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that fucking last, it reminds me of big fish, like that ending. Oh yeah. Oh, where totally. you just kind of like, Oh my God, all the people, yeah. all the people he's affected. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday, Aunt Lucy. I oh, man. Best ending of a movie of the last like 50 years. It makes me cry. Yeah. Oh, wow. Man. I like, really want all the people whose lives I've changed to come to my door someday. I don't. It'll be a, a lot of people like, hey, asshole. <laughs> 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 this one thing was nice, but I got some other things I want to talk to you about. Uh, someone's definitely seen me throw trash out of my car <laughs> one time. <laughs> They're going to come goes, for me. You know what? This all goes to show if you're kind and polite, and a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> the world will be right. Yeah. Paddington's Wing. pleasure. <laughs> yeah, Paddington's pleasure. Well, thanks 
for sharing your story. Yeah, Jamie, thank you so and much. And your perspective on things. So we done here? Really interesting. We done. Let's wrap it up. Uh, Bye-bye. <laughs> with this segment, we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. Oh, too loud. Too loud. <laughs> I keep doing that. I'm going deep. So, the, uh, Demi, you didn't have that much exposure, even growing up a little bit in the church with that much Christian pop culture. I rem- We talked about some, though. Yeah. So the thing is, I feel like I did. I just, nothing that I could hang like a hat on and be like i distinctly remember hearing this song aside from like hymns or like uh what's that one song like is in my soul my savior come to thee how great thou art how great thou art which i thought was a josh groban for song for the (laughs) longest time i mean in a way it's always been a josh groban song he's just waiting for him to come along there are just so many songs like that where i genuinely was like Josh Groban. Yeah. He's got a Christian album. And oh, someone's covering Josh Groban's song? Weird. <laughs> Weird. But uh, it's songs like that. And then, like, I think we talked about Mercy, oh, Mercy. Oh, yeah, he got it. Oh. When the shackles off my feet so I can dance. I just want to praise you. I just want to praise you. 
broke my chains, now I can lift my, I can lift my hands. <laughs> this is, I think, one of my mom's favorite songs when I was so a kid. Good. Oh, for a reason. We I like, decided with Mary Stone that it was the best Christian song of all time. It might be the so greatest Christian song ever created. I just distinctly remember, like, there are certain songs, like, this and Because You Loved Me by Celine Dion that I distinctly remember being, like, a little boy and, like, riding home from daycare and, like, there's rain on my mom's window and it's just so dark and we're passing the lights and I'm just, like, hearing this song and I have a vision of, like, what it looks like Whoa. to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's powerful. Right? Yeah. A deep sentiment. I remember you singing that song on the last podcast we did. Really? At one point. At one point we did. That I have this like very me. distinct memory of it. Huh. But, yeah, so for this, we decided to go with pop culture that intersects with Christianity, <laughs> not Christian pop yeah. culture itself. The Life of Brian... The Monty Python movie from 1979. So yeah. I went through like every, the list of all of you guys' episodes, and I had like my first thing was like, well, I got to talk about Saved. And then I saw someone who no, talked no. about Amanda Lund, right? Yeah. Damn yes. it. Yeah. So I saw that someone had talked about Saved, and I was like, well, fuck, what else is there? And I just started making a list of all the other things that I was like, I could talk about that. I could talk about that. And it was a lot of stuff that I was like, this is really just pop culture that happens to deal with christianity not really christian media that's but. okay we do that too yeah no but demi was very prepared he sent me a list of things that he could talk wow. about wait what else was on your list uh first reformed which i had just uh. seen and i'm gonna see again this week anyway yes. so i was like yeah. uh, timing would have been perfect right um the unbreakable kimmy schmidt episode where they go to uh like where kimmy goes to a church because mm-hmm. i love the message of that episode of like how church is a lot about community and i think a lot about that and which is similar to the master of none episode that does the same thing yeah uh what else was on the list uh there's heaven is for real yes yeah which we we had done kind of as an episode but not as a full discussion episode yeah um, and then Leap of Faith uh, with Steve Martin, what which I, the only reason I know that movie is because it was number one on my ber- like the day I was born. <laughs> it's the only reason I know. Never it. forget the movie that was number one the day you were. I born. remember coming at me like, ah, give me the box office mojo page <laughs> in 1994. And they're like, what's a what's a page? <laughs> Oh, now I gotta look up what was big in '90. And then also on the list was Life of Brian. Oh yes, I know yeah. Heaven is for Real. We may want to revisit again one day. As Maybe. much as I wanted to do Heaven is for Real, I was worried that I would just start complaining about the trend of Christian media, where it's just like something happens to a kid, and then they pray, and they're like, "I guess Jesus." I'm just like, "There's got to be other messages." There's a remarkable amount of healing movies. So many, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, I understand that being a thing that a lot of like Christian families generally are like, well, that's comforting and like a thing to see. But I'm like, there should be other tenets of Christianity that are cool to talk about. Then, like my sick kid's gonna be healed again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There I, are. They're just not as good. Right. It's a and lot then, of like police academy movies, <laughs> and, like firefighter. Oh, movies. you're talking about the dad cops? Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they're not like, good. Fireproof. I'm, you don't want what you're asking for. I'm yeah, gonna tell true. you that. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I went. I saw some movie at AMC the other night in Dolby Cinema. And before, you know, because Dolby's this huge screen with these huge speakers on the sides. It's yeah. like, it's like double, it's so not it double Santa the size. Of, uh, yeah, it oh, was nice. a Santa Anita, was great. if I'm doxing myself. Yeah. And they showed a bunch of trailers before, and one of them was for the next Kendrick Brothers movie. So in Dolby Cinema, they were showing <laughs> clips from Courageous. And, Wait, what movie was it? It was whatever their newest movie is that's coming out. I forget remember? the name of it now. Oh, okay. Am I, oh, it, there's also same. the breakthrough movie with Chrissy Metz, where again yep. it's a kid. Yes, this is exactly what Demi's talking healing. about. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's always just like 
a woman who's been on TV for a while suddenly is like a mother <laughs> in this thing mm-hmm. where her kid got hurt and then she prays and then another TV actor plays like a cop. I think in this one it's Mike Coulter from Luke Cage. It is. It is like a, a firefighter who didn't think he was going to give up on finding the kid and then he heard a voice talking to him and he decided to go down and he found the kid and it's just like, I oh, wish yeah. just get a new story. It's a or, kid that falls through ice yes. and it's like funny in the trailer when he does it's a little funny (laughs) well the music they play is pretty he's like we're training for the olympics old man (laughs) (laughs) and honestly i would genuinely respect one of these movies so much if they had an ending where the kid still dies but they have to like use their faith to get through or like have to reckon with the idea that it's like well then why did this happen to my son yeah i think that would be i mean a lot of them are true stories so it's kind of like well they can't change the ending but oh, the kill ones, him in real life so then can still but be I think I agree I think it would be a more interesting story of like what do you do with all the hope you had exactly. when it doesn't get met and what does that mean and yeah. that's why First Reformed is so great yeah, yeah. because oh, it is kind of that movie we yeah. should talk about that I know we will we will yeah. we will. but Life of Brian did you did you watch it yeah I watched it this week uh, so I had seen it ages ago yeah. and I loved it then and I was just excited to revisit it because I mean all of the Monty Python movies are brilliant in so different ways but rewatching it today was just this weird sensation of being like oh I remember when I saw this and I remember how uh, funny I thought it was and like just different little like phrases where I'm like oh that's where this came from yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw it in college so like I think same. yeah 12 13 years ago oh wow when did, uh, had you seen it never before? seen it before I, would, seen... I like no Monty Python stuff yeah. I just never watched this one i think i probably had a feeling like oh this is you know not good well it, it when it came out it was rated x because <laughs> you see his dick yeah and it was like yeah in the uk is rated x i think because of like religious content and stuff there's so much controversy so surrounding much, yeah. it. so much controversy i was reading on like the trivia page that there's only there was a country that in 2015 just lifted the censorship on this movie huh and so a bunch of people went and saw it in theaters they like re-released it to celebrate that That's exciting also for all you beetle maniacs out there this movie wouldn't exist without george harrison right yeah <laughs> so funny <laughs> what the hell <laughs> he saved it and apparently he has a cameo in the movie but i i like read that yes as a thank you to him they gave him a cameo in the movie and i read that but i didn't get a chance to like he has one word in the movie and i totally forgot when the movie started so i just wasn't looking out for it you know what it should have been if they were really playing their cards right is when they showed jesus in the movie he walks by him and says, I'm bigger than Jesus. Yeah, or he's just like slightly taller. Like, <laughs> yeah, just slightly taller. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah. But yeah, 1979. I was going to ask us like basically what's aged the best and the worst. But before we get to that, <laughs> just a quick summary for anyone who hasn't watched it. It's on Netflix streaming. It's really easy to watch. Go watch it. It's worth it. Go watch it. Um, it, it follows a guy who gets mistaken to be a Messiah figure. He's not a Messiah figure. Hilarity ensues in sketch format. Apparently, they cut a lot of stuff out. Do you think this movie is stronger or less strong than Holy Grail? I, hmm. Our relationship with it is so different because the cultural saturation of Holy Grail is insane. In yeah. high school and middle school, I even remember, was just like, it was the, it was like Anchorman before there was Anchorman. In terms yeah. of like that, what, what do, a certain kind of person quote, you know, in exactly. lieu of whatever hey, kind me. of conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was it you? 
Yeah, and well, I, I imagine like that makes sense because Life of Brian, like I'm sure a lot of kids weren't allowed to yeah. see it. So yeah. like, of course, we wouldn't have it as our quotable movie all the so time. So then once you did, it was like, oh my God. It yeah. was like this relevatory. I yeah. think that I saw Holy Grail like after, like everyone had quoted for so long and I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be good. And I saw it and I was like, oh yeah, it was good. Like I have a <laughs> lot of movies where I have that experience with them. Yeah. And I think because of that, just even getting the confirmation of it is still good despite it being like culturally saturated makes Holy Grail better for me. Whereas Life of Brian, like I feel like I have the same level of like for both of them. Yeah. But because I'm like, well, if I had seen Holy Grail before all of that, I think I would have liked it even more than I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, well, then it must, it's like got a sort of a handicap on it. Oh, uh, yeah. It makes, makes me think it probably is better. But also, I think just the ending of Holy Grail is so great. <laughs> and. <laughs> There's like a thing in Life of Brian where they try to do a similar thing with the alien thing. And I'm like, I don't think that worked for me. Yeah. Wait, what happened at the end of Holy Grail? Uh, Holy Grail, it's like some cops show up and just take them away. They arrest them. Like as they start charging <laughs> towards the castle. And it was just because they didn't have enough money. And I just remember being like, that's the it. fucking most brilliant <laughs> thing. Oh, yeah. And it's like the perfect, it's a, the only type of movie where it could work. And they don't have to come back and be like, we're just kidding. They'd be like, no, that was the ending. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't ever get, it's great. I One thing it. that this movie shares in common with uh, Holy Grail too is that they both look so shitty. Yes. Like the color scheme and palette and the way they filmed it. Like some some movies, I re- like, you know, like Hitchcock movies from the 60s and 70s still look kind of beautiful. This looks like ass. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. brown, like Tunisian out. colors. And yeah, Monty, the Holy Grail looked like it was shot through a swamp filter. Or something. <laughs> right. Like it's all just so disgusting. I, I still do love two things about it. Like A, the animation that's on all Monty Python stuff, I think is so fucking cool and fun. And yeah. like, especially yeah. the Bond, like the Bond style theme that comes in yeah. the intro. Oh, yeah. Uh, I kind of like hated that animation style when I was yeah. growing up because I thought it was like grotesque a little it bit. Was crude. But, but yeah. today I was watching, I was like, that is amazing. It's like, so it's cool. so cool. I'm like, yeah. well done. Uh, and the other thing is like, there's one shot where you see uh, after he's been made to uh, write that slogan on the wall the entire time, <laughs> they pull out and show it like covering the entire landscape. And I was like, that is awesome because you can tell it's like a practical thing and not something you just sort of like yeah threw on there and it just looks so big and yeah it's really nice yeah, yeah. I, I was just like blown away by that and how like good it looked and i just nowadays when i know how much a movie costs i keep trying to see like all of it in there and i was just like yeah. wow i know i was impre- impressed by a lot of the sets and everything yeah. i was like oh they had some budget i think but I then think it was like four million not but even then 20. i found out that they were reusing sets from jesus of nazareth which had co- which had come out like a year before or oh, something and that i think that's why they had that, that giant makes, fortress and like yeah. all that stuff that they got to play around with damn yeah, yeah. So, movie time. in terms of what's aged the worst, I will say, oh man, the rape jokes, yeah, have aged poorly. I kept trying to like mentally be like, how bad? Like, I wrote them down as I think, no, oh no, I wrote something else down that I was like, mm, I don't know about that as diet, that type of joke. I'm trying to even think. Oh yeah, no, a lot of diet rape jokes that don't hold up to time because I was like, the punchline isn't rape is funny, but it is still like. Not a great use of rape as right. a joke tool. And then the other thing that struck out to me, because it's just so like, it's so clear, like obviously those jokes in H12, I don't know how much more there is to talk about them. But then like uh, Eric Idle is one of the group members being like, I want to be a woman. I'm yes. Loretta now. Yeah. That trans stuff is like hilarious in I, this movie. Right. Well, and it, like, it's not so much that that's hilarious too, but then they're kind of doing this skewering of like liberal groups that are trying to accommodate 
people all who are all like herself. having yeah. their own identities and like they're made to sound ridiculous too. Yeah. And then and then there's kind of a larger thing too where they're sort of making fun of like these ideological groups that have like barely noticeable differences in their factions and yeah. how it's just like ridiculous that they're fighting. And at some points I, I got the sense like I had the feeling that this movie is a little bit of like the family guy thing where we're like Anybody who stands for something is dumb. We're listening. And like, we're That's more cool. of a South Park. Th- but I know what you're saying. You know saying. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Of like, uh, it's easy to crit- criticize the liberal thing. Although most of these guys would probably fall on like the liberal spectrum of stuff anyway. And like, we'll also criticize religious people and then zealots. And then political people are also kind of religious and just like to all of it or whatever. The thing that really struck me about the scene with the like trans joke is like, I kept trying to see it in a way where I was like, all right, if I don't take this as a satire, if I try to see it as like, like it felt weird to me that if you looked at it at face value and were just kind of like, no, that this character wants to be a woman and that's not supposed to be a funny thing. Then I'm like, it's weird. It still works. I don't understand what the joke is. And they have a thing later on where they, he's like, or the character that Eric Idle is like, oh, I'm Loretta now later uh, pipes up when someone makes a joke about feminists and they just go, oh, sorry. And you're just kind of like, wait, but that works as a joke if you are in full, like, honest value being like, this is a trans character. Yeah. And so I'm just like, then like, why do you have to make... Right. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's it's a weird thing. I think, um, I think it's funny to reflect on, too, that there's more stuff that's offensive to people who would identify more on the liberal spectrum than I think there is really that much at all as a person of... Fi- like, there's yeah. nothing with jesus at all in this movie that really gets into any sort of territory that's like well this is a little far like they're kind of edging up on it there's like imagery and things but there seems to be as much like political archetypal organizational religious structure satire than there is like well jesus was stupid right or like god is stupid it's more about how like religious organization functions yeah more so than like going after a particular belief system Mm -hmm. it sort of attacks like the idea of blasphemy with the stoning scene but even that Mm -hmm. i was like that's such a light touch compared to all of this stuff of like oh no we don't like that faction we don't like that faction and even the thing of like them criticizing how religious organizations uh you know, organize and just the idea of like the cult like mentality of people just following their own uh, idea of what uh, a sign or a miracle is, is like, it's a criticism, but it's not so much a criticism that if this were any other type of movie, you wouldn't still see a scene like that where someone is just like, that's the thing we're looking for. Go after it. And then the mm-hmm. person's like, no, it's not. It's like, that's exactly what they would. It's just yeah. like, it's not even that much of a criticism of Christianity. Yeah. It's almost like uh, I thought while watching it, it's, <laughs> It's kind of as much about religion as the social network is about code. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, this is kind of like- more of like a setting. It's exactly. a setting and a context, but yeah. most of the sketches like games in right. the movie have nothing to do with religiosity. It's just like, a, it's a backdrop, I think, for- for most of this stuff. I think so. I think any Christian with a little sense of humor would not be offended by yeah. this movie, really. I think I think the cult mentality stuff would be offensive if you consider the way that they worship to be similar to the way you worship God. Right. You know, where yeah. where you really do believe miracles happened or you really do believe just Jesus was a man who walked on the earth and then did miracles or whatever because I think it's just, it is... 
at the end of the day, even though it is kind of a joke, it is saying like people just wanted to believe that Jesus was holy. And so they made it happen. Yeah. And like he protested or maybe he just capitalized on it or whatever, because that's <laughs> what Brian does or doesn't want to do. And so I, I can see why for some people it would be offensive, but not enough to like censor it or ban it or no. whatever. I, um, yeah. I also read a thing on the Wikipedia page that was saying a lot of Christians took umbrage with the way that they were talking about Christianity and how everyone in the movie was just kind of like, oh, or sorry, not Christianity, about crucifixion and how they were just kind of like, oh, you get off of the crucifixion, that's fine. And yeah, yeah <laughs> which I thought was so was funny. So funny. Which is, yeah. and it's the whole joke of it is like, it, it would be like you could do the same sort of sketch at like on death row. Yeah. Like, oh, you're getting the chair? Okay, right this way. It's yeah. Lying to the left or something. It's just like a color. It's not really a, right. <laughs> this is what crucifixion, it, it always like that stuff. I hope this isn't too loaded, but like the crucifixion stuff for people getting upset about that reminds me of like people getting upset about American flag stuff. Yeah. Where it's like if your if your view is very narrow and not yeah, and not expansive to like an actual true definition of like, oh yeah, crucifixions were like this weird historical thing that was like just par for the course for a long time in right. ancient Israel or Rome and and it's weird that we did it, but if it's like crucifixion is jesus like he was crucified if that's your belief system right. but so even it's not, talking about the crucifixion so you can't even like, touch it. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's, so, it's so strange it is funny and i do constantly forget that it's not they didn't invent it just for jesus and then like stop <laughs> yeah it's it. like, like it was around Ooh, a that bunch was of people we shouldn't got, do that anymore. yeah <laughs> it's like if jesus got shot and then we were just kind of like the gun is our symbol right exactly yeah. although that would be incredible gun jewelry there's a huge gun oh, under, yeah. actually that probably happens at a lot of churches there's a huge gun over the pulpit yeah. or something. i have a bullet necklace unfortunately <laughs> um uh, something else that maybe hasn't aged well we mentioned this briefly blackface at the top that was just oh there. yeah one of the wise it men the when they men. came into brian's manger i did not i think know. Eric they didn't, like, Idle play on it very much it was just like that was his costume hmm. uh and then just having one woman in the whole show Kinda. There was two. <laughs> there was Carol Hence. Cleveland and mm. the other one. Yeah. Judith. You know, yeah. I'll be fair, like the the female character in it, she's like one of the zealots, I think, and they they kind of fall in love and they bone. Um she was like she was dynamic at least. Like she wasn't purely just an object of like fucking for them, yeah. which I appreciate. Hey, unlike Game of Thrones, it was equal opportunity full frontal in this movie. Yeah. You saw Brian Dong. You saw her out there well. too. Yeah. I really wasn't expecting to see Dong. Yeah. That surprised me. I think that was the first Dong I ever saw in a movie. It also surprised, it might have been for me I read this in the trivia, it surprised a few Muslim women that were like in the crowd that day and they didn't warn them that that was going to happen. Oh, like in the, the one they were shooting? Mm-hmm. Oof. It's a nice little Louis situation for everybody there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Here's no. my Dong. Those are the ha, same. ha, 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 ha. <laughs> they are the same. <laughs> Graham Chapman and Louis C.K. are the same. <laughs> I mean, if you don't warn people, you're gonna take your penis out on a movie set. I will say, and I then laugh. you just do that. Yeah, that's I don't not think cool. that's cool. No, no, no. <laughs> I will say, I think that uh, they have both made me laugh. No, wait, never, never mind. The keep joke, going, keep going. No, what I was going to say <laughs> is, I think they are both equally doing the same level of funny work today. Which it was going to be a joke because on the Graham fact Chapman that- is dead. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's how. Yeah, 
Jesus. Anyway, and then I rephrased it. I said it in a way where I was like, I think Louis funny. <laughs> and, think, oh uh, my God. Uh, Louis funny as funny. Oh. By the way, uh, the eulogies of Graham Chapman's funeral are very funny. Because oh, yeah. all the Python I guys bet. do them. And like, oh, they're great. Cleese's is great. Um, I really enjoyed the joke, Blessed Are the Cheesemakers, and how they kept misunderstanding. Yeah, that's that really the only the thing that gets at any direct Jesus stuff is like, it's like telephone. Like the joke is on them <laughs> that far away. Is that a? I don't get because yeah, it's just blessed. It's blessed sermon, are the peacemakers. Yeah, Sermon oh, on the Mount okay. is the famous one where he's like, "Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the humble." Yes. That's are his the born to run. <laughs> oh, I get it now. No, I just didn't know if there was a direct analog to cheesemaker. I only am now like, oh, peacemakers. peacemakers. I knew the meek one and about the sermon. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. By the way, if you don't want to watch the whole movie. You can just listen to it because the whole soundtrack is just every scene from the movie. Really? It's just in all the dialogue form. and everything? Yeah. What? Like, oh, uh. Cool. Hello, mother. Don't you hello, mother me. I love <laughs> the mom character. Terry Jones is the mother. Who also directed it. Yep. must have popped by something. Popped by? Swore by me all like. There's a multitude out there. They, they started following me. I'm trying to get to my favorite joke. Yes, it was. Oh, yes, it was. Oh, no, it was. (laughs) Stop that. Go away. Excuse me. Huge groups of people chanting. So amazing. I think is always hilarious. I was like in awe of that. Yeah, me too. so (laughs) funny. The coordination for that alone, I was like, wow. To get them all to do it. Actually, you know, watching this movie, the first half I was like, "Uh uh-oh, is this like, gonna be stale and I'm not into it but then like the second half of the movie just like great breezed on by and and I'm curious as to why all this stuff has aged as well as it has like on like a molecular level if it's just like the silliness or it's just because usually comedy ages bad like most of the comedy we like now will probably not be funny in 40 years like this still is. Yeah. I don't know. Louie will always be okay. funny. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> I've made my stance and now I have to back it. <laughs> wow. What a hill to die on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder what it is about this stuff. I think particularly too, because historically now it's just like, it feels so unscathed from like actual, like heretical blasphemous stuff. To right. me, it feels like that. And every scene stuff, like the jokes of like the guy stuttering and then they're like, oh yeah, so did you see Shelly? So they like breaking to the scene. Yeah, it's like uh, Groucho Marx is still really funny. Like all those Marx Brothers Mm -hmm. movies are still really funny in the same way of like they're in a situation and they just make it absurd. Right. And for whatever reason, it still works for our little brains. I feel like it's a very British sensibility of comedy in which it's like the jokes aren't in references or in like an outer sense of knowledge or even just in the way that they say things. It's like physical and just straight up like written exchanges and not so much just being like, you look like a blah, 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 blah. Like that's not a joke that you'd hear in a Monty Python thing. So like, you know how I know you're gay is because you like Coldplay wouldn't be a Monty Python joke. That would be like even... uh, 12 years later, it's like, um, yeah, and they're not doing lip sync battle either, I guess. They might. but <laughs> They might. Let's, oh, I mean. <laughs> well, okay, let's talk about this, because you have a very direct connection to this movie. And I didn't even realize it when I picked it. And one of the members in one way, of course, we're all, any of us who are anybody, are very familiar with this song. Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. This is Eric Idle on the cross I'm talking to Brian. Swear and curse. <laughs> when you're chewing on life's gristle, down, down grumble. grumble. 
give a whistle <laughs> The way he says that <laughs> This'll help things turn out for the best And Always look on the bright side And all the guys who kill themselves start w- wiggling their little feet <laughs> Everyone on the cross is kind of doing one. It still works. It's so funny. And of course, Demi Adigewebe, you punched up this song <laughs> that Mr. Oh, Eric Idle sang uh, on Late for Late work Show did, yeah. with James oh Corden. Gosh. So what was that process? It Wait, was for the, Eric Idle to sing? Yeah, yes. he sang it. It was oh the craziest goodness. thing. Uh, they basically were like, oh, Eric Idle... Uh, Wants to come on the show, promote his book. He's not like going to do a couch thing. He literally just wants to come on and sing something if you have any ideas. And so they came to me and it was like one of the first things that I got on the show. Uh, and they were just like, you know, if you have any ideas for a parody of Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. And I pitched the first thing that I was like, they're not going to do this. But I was like, what about a parody where we just talk about how everything sucks and it's called We Are Probably All Going to Die? <laughs> and they were like, cool, we love it. And I wrote it all up and I was like, they're not going to go for this. And they're like, cool, we love it. And it just kept barreling forward. Oh and I was like, oh, they are, <laughs> what's happening? But yeah, Eric Idle basically sang a parody version of uh, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life that I rewrote all the lyrics to be about how things were awful with like Brexit and Trump and oh climate gosh. change and the oceans rising. And it was so cool because they just went all out for the production of it and got like pyrotechnics and dancers. It was beautiful, yeah. Oh my yeah. Goodness. And I just like wrote a bunch of crazy lines being like, in the afterlife, we'll be tap dancing with Elvis and Van Gogh. And then they like had an entire like team come out with two people dressed like Elvis and Van Gogh and do like a oh dance thing. And I was just like, this is insane. I shouldn't. I felt like an unchecked. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, someone up top should have been like, no, don't Runaway do this. Runaway train. Yeah. But, Did he like it? Did oh, you he ever hear loved from him? It. He oh. tweeted before it even went up. He's just like, one of my favorite things I've ever done is going to happen on the Late Late Show tonight. And I was just like, oh my God. Oh my That's gosh. That's a big deal. And like, I got to rehearse it with him and just hearing him in his dressing room, like, do the inflate. Like, he straight up said like and and like ground <laughs> i was like oh my god all of it was yeah, phenomenal that's amazing and did you say hey eric i do you want to take that again i have a note for you <laughs> hey it's, it's don't grumble no. all right we're gonna need that's seven incredible yeah. did the song have to change that much from the final version to what you initially had in mind uh like there were some i like just did a straight across rewrite of like oh i'll do just at the beats as they are in the song and then like have them edit out whatever they need to and we eventually like truncated it down to a shorter time but still had to do like oh we need a longer break here so they can tap dance for a certain amount of time or like we need a break here so that like they can have a fake bomb go off yeah uh, but it, it was pretty much like the song oh my gosh that's can we pretty play wild. a little bit of it yeah we'll play a little yeah. bit of it right now oh, is that embarrassing everyone listen sure, to but it whatever okay stopping by to manufacture it's so, hey, wait. To make yeah. right there. The intro to that had I wrote a thing just like being like cheeky and being like, whatever, they're gonna cut this out, where I was like, Are you saying you're stopping by to manufacture a spontaneous spontaneous seeming moment to plug your own thing? Yeah. And, like everyone was like, Cool, we love it. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Too Demi, much power. That's great. Too much power. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> we are probably all going to die (laughs) we are definitely all going to die the president is cruel and stubborn as a mule i'm sure america's enemies are thrilled 
Medicare is through. The ocean's rising too. A million different things could get us killed. Demi, were you sitting there when this happened? Where were you? I was just like off to the side. You oh, okay. Couldn't possibly see me. Like watching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. Pretty trippy wow. though. This wow. insane. Not even just like, oh yeah, I knew him growing up. It's like, oh, one of the funniest people. Yes. Whoever lived. And seeing him, piece for him like in the movie again like I truly didn't even go like oh that's a person I've met before I was like oh this guy's so funny and then I was like oh yeah yeah it still feels wait this wasn't just a low key way to plug your song on the Lele it genuinely show. wasn't oh I just it. put it on the list oh we can do whatever you guys want you picked it by the I know I did <laughs> and I honestly like legitimately had forgotten that yeah. this is where it was from yeah oh, that's so great yeah. and he wrote that original song it's just sure. him right because yeah. the bare bones like caroline was saying like just the bare bones of that is like a great melody a funny premise like it's just executed so well it's also such a it's a hilarious way to end a movie where it's just like yeah the guy's not gonna get saved we're just singing a nice song and you're just like wait is that really ha-? like that seems like a thing with the monty python movies great. where it's just it's like, like cheery optimism where they do cop nowhere. outs where it's like in exactly. another movie you'd say well they ran out of money and this it's like oh they definitely ran out of money and this is what they're doing uh-huh. with i it believe yeah. the last line of this movie is like well they're never gonna get their money right back. exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh boy well you know what i mean here's the thing about movies like this or like anything like this and uh, all critics will tell you this, like people who write criticism for like comedy and stuff. Mm-hmm. When some when a comedy is good, it's awful to write about it. Oh, because all you can do is say it was funny and I liked it. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of the case with this movie. And I mean, what was everyone? To, maybe we can like say what everyone's favorite sketch was, and then just get to the thing. I made that the we mistake of do. taking a bite out of the biscuit right as you said that. So you guys say oh, okay. first. They're, they're kind of like dry too. It takes a good, good long chew. <laughs> they're like a Popeye's biscuit. <laughs> yeah, they're dense. Mine was probably when he was trying to. He fell on some other prophet. And he started making up his own little, in addition to the crowd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I liked all the prophets going one by one. <laughs> what was one guy was talking about just like infrastructure issues? Oh, or yeah. Something like that. that was killing but me. But his, he, it reminded me of the way sometimes we talk to each other, where if we say one wrong thing, we'll pick it apart forever. <laughs> pass judgment on other people, or you might get judged yourself. What? I said, don't pass judgment on other people, or else you might get judged too. Oh, me? Yes. Oh, thank you very much. Consider the lilies. Consider the lilies? Uh, Well, the birds, then. What birds? Any birds. Why? Well, have they got jobs? Who? The birds. Have the birds got jobs? (laughs) What's the matter with him? Says the birds are scrounging. Oh, look, the point is, the birds, they do all right, don't they? Well, good luck to them. Yeah, they're very pretty. Okay, and you're much more important than they are, right? So what are you worrying about? They are, see? I'm worrying about what you've got against birds. <laughs> this very much feels like almost uh, something that you guys do on the podcast a lot, where it's like, because what he's saying is talking, like, a lot of this is kind of just lifting what Jesus's words were in yeah. some of scripture. But it's like... Let's slow it down. Yeah, what, what does you this mean, mean by that yeah. phrase? Is there the li- what? Uh-huh. Why? We just accepted it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's always a pretty successful format. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of my notes, which is just this, kicked off the part that I just think is like the funniest part of the movie. Uh, the part where he falls in the hole on the guy who's been taking a vow of silence, and then just goes, "Oh, damn, damn, damn!" <laughs> I think is so funny. But then also how. Uh, 
like later on when people start following around him around and like how that just spirals into people outside of his house in every way gave me the same anxieties that the movie Mother did. Oh my yes. god! Yeah, where I was just uh. like, "Please leave him alone. That's his place. What are you guys doing?" And yeah. I just kept like, I was like, "It's a comedy. I really shouldn't." <laughs> but just, is not brave. Don't bring up Mother right now. Oh, I'm sorry. That's uh. I. Sh- I should have been like, "Let's talk about Mother on the podcast." <laughs> Mother. Oh my god! It's a Christian movie. It is a Christian it movie. Kind of Can is. I come oh back gosh. and talk about Mother? We would love to have you yeah, back to you talk should. about Mother. God. That'd be a wait. I'll be depressed. Are you pro or con Mother? Oh, that's the problem. I'm <laughs> a kind of pro mother, but I it's not it, just because like it, I think it is one of the few horror movies that has actually made me feel like true like ex, like horror anxiety like sure. body pounding out of my chest. Whoa. Like badness. Yeah. But I loved it. You should live in my body for a little while. Hey. You feel that way all the time. Uh, cha, 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 cha. <laughs> it sounds not healthy. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah, disgusting. it's really scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then I also love that at the very end uh Eric Idle's whole like I'm Brian thing where he gets pulled up like I was kidding hey I'm yeah no back no, no. yeah this is rude <laughs> yeah. yeah that sensibility it's just like what, what I was struck by with so many of the scenes in this movie is like it is as broad and like like textbook silly as mm-hmm. possible but it's also very dense yeah if you want to be like what are they saying about left wing British politics in the 1970s even though that's like not what you bring to it now right. But it's there. There was like a, a whole section they had to cut out because the movie was already like pretty inflammatory. But there was another group that was going to be like really zealot Zionist or something. Ooh. Oh, interesting. And they were comparing them to Nazis. Oh. <laughs> and like they were supposed to be like kind of a that was supposed to be part of the joke where just they're so radical basically that they're yeah. borderline nazis <laughs> and then they were just like eh, we can't go that far we're right. gonna just dial that back yeah that's fair yeah <laughs> I think that was a good choice it's good to know when day. to pull back on stuff yeah, yeah do you think this movie would be as controversial as it was then if it was released today uh, today kind of 40 years later to the day be like the dictator you know the james franco movie i think the talk of it being uh controversial would the interview the interview. Oh, it was like the Sasha Baron Cohen. I was, yeah. Oh, I was sorry. Gonna let I mixed them up. Thank <laughs> no, you. it's fine. No. Uh, me, I wasn't going to. <laughs> I think there'd be a lot of talk of like, uh-oh, this one's going to be so controversial. And like, there'd be like fringe people that were like, I don't know about this movie. But in general, I think the conversation would be more about like, why are people so offended than it is about actually people who are offended, which I think right. happens so often nowadays. Yeah, I think that's more that. But I don't think that... I don't know. I think the attitudes about stuff like that are so lax. Like that movie year one happened and like I I think it didn't deal as much with religion, but I think just dealing with things that are parables of greater concepts don't seem like that controversial a thing to me today. Yeah. And that movie, The Invention of Lying, which I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know if you've heard. Ricky Gervais. Well, wait, now hold on. That's a that's a God loving man. Oh no, Demi. What? Oh no, I got some bad news. What you talking about, Willis? He, he's actually an atheist. Oh. What? Ricky Gervais no. is, and he's actually pretty controversial about it. He talks about it a lot. And oh man, he does not like God. I don't know about this. I don't know about this. You're saying a lot of things that are new to me and I'm hearing them for the first time and I just got to say it sounds like a load of hogwash. Wait, who's your favorite Hollywood executive right now? My favorite Hollywood executive? Well, that's got to be Harvey Weinstein. Oh man. no, Demi. Oh what? no. What? I got to meet with him later Bob? today. What about Bob Weinstein? I hate Bob. I hate him. No. If I had my pick of any executives in all of the studios in all of the world, I'm going with 
Harvey Weinstein. I'm pitching him a movie today oh, dude. in which it's just, never mind. Were you meeting him? <laughs> At his office. Which is the bathroom of a Denny's. Kevin, just let him wait, learn. You know, wait, you know where, yeah, you've been to his office? <laughs> that place? No, Denny's. Hey, is he making you wear a bikini to his office too? <laughs> no, I... No. Here's the one bummer about the Paddington franchise. Oh, we out of the game in now? The, in the first... <laughs> <laughs> I'm I was, sorry, I didn't tap us out. No, please. I want it to be out. <laughs> sorry, yeah. the, uh, in the first... The Paddington. only bummer of the Paddington franchise is in the first movie, the first title card you see is the Weinstein Company. Oh, God, I forgot. Which there could not be a more opposite figure. Uh, God, what movies did I recently... Oh, uh... Fuck, what movie did I recently watch where at the end a title card came up and I was like, Ooh, special oh. thanks, Harvey Weinstein. No, at the end of A Star is Born, just like the most emotional scene happens and it's like, producer Todd Phillips. I was like, what? <laughs> but then also, uh, Social Network, like Peter Thiel and Kevin Spacey are both like, oh, involved yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. just like, oh boy. You missed me, didn't you? They tried to separate us. <laughs> but thankfully... I have a YouTube channel If now. you were the inventor of Facebook, well, <laughs> you would have invented Facebook. Uh, well, let's get to our final thoughts about Life of Brian. The way this works, as it works every week, is we give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down in the form of a holy toast or holy roast. Holy toast we send. Or a space between. Or a space between. Hey, someone listens to the show. I sure do. Come on. Holy toast we send it to heaven. Holy roast we send it to hell. And then if we're not sure where it goes, but we want to dump a bus full of poo on it, we send it to... Space so we start with Caroline. Um, I'll give it a holy toast. It was so funny. I was laughing out loud. I was having a grand old time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's some uh, interesting themes. There's some real bad stuff that hasn't dated very well. And I don't want to like give me. them. I haven't dated very well. <laughs> That's not true. Yes, you have. <laughs> waka waka. Um... <laughs> Check out three episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm making up for it. All right. Um, and uh, I don't want to give them a free pass for that kind of stuff. You know, like they had to know a little bit better. And you talked to Eric about it, right? When he came <laughs> yeah, on the did show. You guys I did deal the first with that. Thing, he was like, "Hello, I'm Eric." I'm like, "Oh, I know you." <laughs> Blackface boy. <laughs> <laughs> I did call him Blackface boy, but he was just, I, he thought he was a compliment. You have a group uh, text with him and Ted Dancing. He's like, right? thanks. Um, <laughs> they ask me for uh, tips on matching. I think they think I'm white. <laughs> yeah. And like the, the general vibe of like, we're so much smarter. No one is, no one is smart, but except for us is like a little annoying and it has that very like, male aggro that I'm not really that into and so I didn't find that very fun but it's still a funny movie and I think like it's clever in a lot of ways too right yeah and not to say if you guys liked it that you're a part of the problem but like you might be uh, think about it oh interesting (laughs) well I think I mean I think like anything it's so much easier to say the way these people have done it is bad and provide no alternative As we found on this show. You know what I mean? Like the- What else am I doing here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With a mouthful of biscuit. <laughs> uh, Demi. Uh, I also got to give it a holy toast. Uh, I think it's a wonderful movie. Again, a lot of the attitudes, not happy with. I think the writing is so clever and the way it's structured and just even just the different characters that everyone plays in which everyone is stupid in such different and fun ways <laughs> is so enlightening and so heartwarming and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that it's sort of like there are things that you should be able to criticize without just like having to 
throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think there's a lot of movie thing this movie does right, and even though it has like very uh, transphobic and racist attitudes in certain places, I am just kind of like I want to be able to criticize that and say that's not okay, while also being like, well, I'm not going to be like shut down my enjoyment center and be like, well, I refuse to enjoy this now. I do think that you should have to have a conversation about those things like mm-hmm. when you talk about a movie like this and just honestly go like oh it sucks that they did this the movie is still good but i do think that a lot of people will shut out something like this entirely because of that and maybe that's because uh it's who you are that they are targeting in this and that's not okay which i would say i totally understand that but i do i don't know i just i think the movie is so great and weirdly like inspiring in what they can do with so little and how like broad of a comedy this seems to be despite having like a very simple plot that is so clear from like the first scene even though it really doesn't ever reconnect is just such a fun thing to see and like an adventure to go on mm-hmm. yeah. i really like it and i love the way that because it's such a little troop there will be full scenes where they'll do reverse shots of different characters and it's the same yeah. actor <laughs> playing two different guys and the same like that stuff is yeah. so fun that's another thing i loved so about the, the ending is like when eric idol gets pulled off the crucifix then he's there again he's there again <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's great sounds like it's gonna be a unanimous holy toast from the good christian fun yeah. podcast what else were we gonna do and i was actually worried when i started i was like because one of the first like major jokes was the rapey basically yeah which one uh, you don't need to repeat yeah, it. Yeah, no. It's I fine. didn't catch it. Go ahead. And I'm glad it is. Uh, no, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, aged super well. I It'll be, it's kind of still a mystery to unpack why something made literally 40 years ago is still funny. But it is. They capture lightning in a bottle. Let me end with this question. Who do you think is the most attractive member of Monty Python? Oh. I'm going Michael Palin. Good question. I think he's a handsome, handsome hmm. man. Hold on. Let me get the name right. I might say Cleese. John Cleese? John Cleese is strong, strong and tall. Yeah, Cleese. <laughs> has, you know this first ten. Yeah, he has like a stately face, mm-hmm. and he's very hot. And then um, oh, all their IMD pictures are old as hell. Damn it! Is that okay. when you want to see him though? Where are you looking at like this current age? day? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. You're saying like old as hell. Oh, current thing. day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Michael Palin is the hottest one. He is pretty hot. Yeah. So you're pro Palin regardless of the first name. Yeah. Right. I'm, okay. Any Palin? It's good with me. Like, he is a cute one. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, well, listen, we're not the final <laughs> Thanks, word on guys. this. You're the final word. <laughs> we got to we gotta throw support. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Concurred. Well, that was my answer, too. <laughs> That's so nice. Go to at Christian Fun Pod. You can give it a holy roast, holy toast, or a space between. Get out there and... Pokemon, go to the polls. I forgot about this. <laughs> I'll never forget about this. You know what? It's the 69th episode. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Ooh. Maybe no, this Kevin. is the what? No, I disagree. The theme song has reached a critical mass of an audio assault. <laughs> <laughs> it really is just a cacophony. Yeah, there's no discernible. I have to press my headphones into my yeah. ears to capture it all. I played it for Chelsea, and she said all I heard was "er" and then some drums. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe, maybe episode 70, we start a clean slate. Okay. But now it's time for a segment we do from time to time on this show. It's a game that we call, Um, He's Actually a Christian. God is, God is so good. Thank you, Father. Um, he's actually a Christian. (laughs) I'm not ashamed to let you know. He's a Christian. Of course, the man in the beginning of that clip is Mark Wahlberg, kind of half-heartedly 
giving it up for the Lord. <laughs> Hell yeah. Listen to it again. God is God is so good. Thank you, Father. <laughs> God, uh, God is, is God is uh, so good. Thank you, Father. Uh, can I go bold? It sounds like pants? a parody of a <laughs> If I had been on that plane with God on my side, it wouldn't have gone down like that. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Would have been a lot of blood in that first class cabin, me praying. I believe that. <laughs> Uh, for celeb up, okay. the way this works and what this, this is game. based on is like what a lot of Christian media, relevant magazine likes doing this a lot. Anytime there's a whiff of Christianity around a celebrity at all, mm-hmm. uh, Christianity usually likes to claim them for the team. Yeah. Sure. So if Shia LaBeouf says after Fury, hey, I prayed a lot, I'm a Christian. Yeah. Or Chris Pratt says, uh... I'm a Christian. I make America great again, and he's a Christian. Yeah, um, Rihanna posts Christian stuff all the time, and I feel like no one notices, and it's driving me crazy. She posts like entire devotionals from Jesus Calling or something like that on her Instagram. Oh, Highlighted. Nah, nah. I love you, God. Oh, oh, nah, nah. Nah. oh no! Praise I have to change Lord. one of my sound clips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, so the way this works, I'm going to name a celebrity. You guys have to vote whether or not you think this person is a Christian. Okay. First celeb. Uh, wait, are we voting whether or not they say they're a Christian or whether think we, we think <laughs> oh, they're whoa. a real Christian? Whether we think they're a real Christian. Okay, then let me just say they're all not. Whoa! <laughs> oh, they're all vessels of wrath. Yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well... Let's yeah. Let's go by that voting <laughs> metric. Who's actually a Christian? Yeah. That's the actually and actually a Christian. The first one is Sylvester Stallone. Oh, is Sylvester? <laughs> is you he... asking me if I'm a Christian? Yeah, Sly. I mean, you've made some pretty godly movies. Like, uh, there's some Christ-like figures in Rocky and Rambo. There's missionary stuff in Rambo. And... Yeah, there's a lot of missionary stuff behind the scenes in Rambo. All too. right. Oh, come on, uh, Sly. No. I had sex with people on the set of Rambo. Uh, let's say my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a Borat fan, right, Sly? Yeah, I was. I was asking you all. Let's say my wife. <laughs> my, my wife. wife. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to say. He is a Christian. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Okay, this so we have an Italian background, <laughs> right? Yep. Okay, and then he's Italian. Italians often are Catholic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say he's a Christian. He's a Christian? Okay. Two votes for Christian. Um, He's actually a Christian. Ooh. Yeah. Here's an interview he did with... Pat Robertson on oh, the 700 what? Club. He went on Pat Robertson when he was plugging Rocky Balboa in 2006. The most Christian oh. of the Balboa franchise. That's okay. right. And here, here's what he said on YouTube. This clip is labeled "Sylvester Stallone talks about Jesus." I just was spiraling down, and and finally I said, "I got to stop." And I really decided to take things out of my own hands and put it in God's hands because I always felt. I was chosen to do something. I was never a writer. I was never an exemplary student. All of a sudden, one day, I started writing Rocky. I wrote it in three days, and it wins the Oscar. And I cannot assume that I did this all on my own. I really do not believe that for for a second. <laughs> wow, that was a journey to follow him on what he was saying. So yeah. he's saying... I was an idiot. But <laughs> I'm also a genius. Because Ergo, God, God wrote Rocky. <laughs> What other movies do you think God is responsible for writing? Uh, Valerian. <laughs> there certainly wasn't anyone else behind that one. <laughs> yeah, just to get it done. I think God wrote The Descendants. Mm. The George Clooney movie? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go God wrote Lost in Translation because 
we don't know what Bill Murray whispered in God's a God of Mystery. Hmm. It's mm-hmm. like what Jesus wrote in the sand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. Jesus. <laughs> what if Bill Murray says to Scarlett Johansson what Jesus wrote in the sand? Wow. He knows somehow. It's Knowledge. like a game of telephone. I love that. He wrote boobs. <laughs> he wrote boobs. <laughs> he wrote 805 upside down. What is it? <laughs> Yeah, eight hundred eight. Yeah, eight hundred eight and then five. Eight, no, eighty thousand eighty-five. Yeah, eighty thousand eighty-five. Right. Yeah. Zachary Levi, Zachary Levi, who you may remember as Chuck from the TV show Chuck. He's also the title character in the upcoming movie Shazam. Yeah. Is he a Christian? I actually think I know this one. He is a Christian. Yeah. He's a Christian. You brought, I think you've brought this up before. Um, he's actually a Christian. Yes, he is a Christian. Yeah. Here's a here's Give a, me a clip. Christian boy. He's a Maisel, right? He is a Maisel. Yeah, he's he a little is? guest star. I haven't in it. seen it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, which is interesting because he's a Christian. <gasps> you haven't watched Maisel. I don't have. You canceled time. Amazon. Fans right? are well. I canceled my Amazon, but I also just don't. Rioting. I have not had time to watch any TV show literally okay. in like a year now. Yeah. But I just I don't, I don't know. Too much TV. Too much TV. So yeah, he's in that, and he he plays you know a Jewish person on the show. He's not <laughs> Jewish. His name's Zachary Levi, but he's a Gentile. He sounds like uh, what they call Monty Python, a Red Sea pedestrian. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. But one. it's hilarious to see Rachel Brosnahan, not a Jew. Zachary Levi, not a Jew. That's so playing bold. two Jewish people. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Rachel wild. Brosnahan is supposed to be so Jewish is in that show. Jewish, Luke Jewish. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but mm. I think so. Okay. Anyway, this is a clip of uh, there was a Q and A that they had. Uh, he had for some Comic Con thing that apparently courted controversy. Like three years ago, he was charging too much for tickets or something. Anyway, a fan of the audience said, "My favorite thing about you is your faith." And so, could you just like talk about that, basically? And the clip's long, but then I just cut out a part of it where I'm trying to, again, kind of like Sly, I'm trying to track what he's saying with it. Let's see if we can. Crazy thing to say to a person. First of all, my favorite thing about you is your faith. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at a Comic Con thing, I'd be like, "What? (laughs) I'm working so hard." Um, Not Shazam in theaters August 19th. (laughs) Uh, So this is what Mr. Levi had to say about it. I, I believe that once upon a time we had. We had this really incredible, like, treasure map. In fact, there's a lot of really incredible treasure maps, like spiritual, religious treasure maps that basically were like, turn left here, turn right here, go down here, move over here, you know, do these, do this, do that, do this, do that. And then eventually you get, you, you get to be with God or meet God or whatever. But I, one of the things I think is so amazing about, about specifically the, the spirituality of the relationship with in a Christian format or, or with Yeshua is that I always like it. I, the, the thing that the closest thing I can liken it Turn to is like Yeshua. the compass that Jack Sparrow had in Pirates of the Caribbean. But instead of it pointing to where his desires were, it, <laughs> that Yeshua is the compass that points to where his desires are. And so, and you might, and literally, and that's, you, you might, instead of having the map and you know, all the things you're going to go, it's like you're playing Pokemon <laughs> so go. You're like, oh, okay. Oh. So I'm go- oh no, 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 no. Oh no. There's some rustling leaves right there. Like, you're, you're doing a, I just compared Jesus to Pokemon Go. That's fantastic. First time ever. First time it's ever happened. This is 2016. Uh, I don't know. What if this so, was like 94? That's, that's what trust Pokemon is. I really Go. believe that God He's is good 12. and he loves us and he wants us to trust him or her or it or whatever you want to call that. But I, I really do believe it's about a relationship and I believe that, and there's so much, I mean, amazing love that's involved in that. So that's, that's where ultimately I came to. And by the way, and it's, it's an ongoing thing too. It's a journey. It's a relationship. I am such a journey. fuck up in so many ways. I fail all the time Ooh. and thank God He's cool. he loves me and thank God he still picks me up. And I, and I, 
Not going to go there. Not going to go there. It's going preacher mode. Great question. Next question. Hat. hat. Okay. Wow. <laughs> what is the, not going to go there. He was so charged. I have no idea he what crying. he was referring to. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. A lot of energy there. A lot yeah. of uh, pop culture, mixed metaphors. Yeah. And and that's my Shazam. A really. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag, my that's Shazam. my Shazam. That's my Shazam. Ooh. Wow. That was so, uh, that was so sweaty and fast. And uh, okay. Next celeb, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, you may know from such hits as Born to Run or Born in the USA. Or Kevin's Life. Or, or a Star is Born. <laughs> or a Star is Born Star to Run born. in the USA. <laughs> oh no, is that a mashup? Ooh. <laughs> you, you moused over the keyboard like, oh, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> is Bruce Springsteen a Christian? I don't think so. I'm going to say no. No, no. Um... I think he's actually a Christian. Wow. Mm. He talks about it a little bit in his book. He was raised Catholic. Wait, are you reading this from uh, your 11-year-old diary? <laughs> no. Your I live journal? I didn't start talking about him until I was 14 publicly. <laughs> in his book, he said, as funny as it sounds, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. He remains one of my fathers. Those with my own father, I no longer believe in his godly power. I believe deeply in his love, his ability to save, but not to damn. Enough of that. Interesting. Interesting. And then he <laughs> he ends his uh, Springsteen on Broadway show by saying, Was our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Is that Tom Waits? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Just give us this day and forgive us. Our sins, Ooh, he forgot a part. our trespasses, <laughs> we may forgive those who uh, trespass give us against us. Some Leave money. us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. From evil. All of us. <laughs> Forever and ever, amen. Because wow, tramps what? like us. <laughs> no, he goes into Born to Run after He that. really does? Yes. Oh my, I wish he'd just been like, <laughs> it was his day, our daily bread. For tramps like us. <laughs> we hope Two, three, Jesus, four. we were born to pray. <laughs> wow. He has an interesting relationship with it. Throw at it. There's a lot of spiritual stuff in his lyrics, but yeah. Yeah, I get the sense that people in Hollywood, understandably, when they talk about their faith, they're like very quickly want to change the topic because they don't want to be the mm-hmm. like profity person yeah uh, his whole thing is he's haunted by everything he grew up with <laughs> sure he's like i live 10 miles away from my hometown two three four like <laughs> i think he would say yeah i'm not but it's still a part of it yeah it's yeah, interesting. i yeah. recommend it i think it's good it's That's a cool. good uh two and a half hours if you got it wait you recommend his broadway show yeah oh i thought it was gonna not be good i thought it was gonna suck tbh mm. but then I watched and cried a lot. Tyler Perry. <laughs> He's a Christian. Is he a Christian? Medea? Yeah. <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. I don't know. Is you think that I'm like, not a Christian? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he's like a Christian. Legitimately? I think so. I mean, or like culturally. If Actually. you ask me, he's not. Whoa. But I, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I, I think because if it was ever, if it ever came out that he wasn't a Christian, he'd be ruined for making so much like purely Christian media. His movies are weird, like. Uh, we don't talk about them the same way we talk about f- pure flake stuff, but they are as dogmatic, yeah. moralistically. Oh, my mom's oh. watched so many of them. There was that yeah. one that came yeah. out a few years ago that was like, 
it was like about punishing a woman for having promiscuous sex. Was that acrimony? Yeah. Ooh, it was acrimony. That's what acrimony was about? Mm-hmm. Did not know that. Wow. Uh, so anyway, here's a shout out he got. Just goes to show you don't cross Alex Cross. <laughs> or <laughs> Colin Powell. <laughs> uh, here's oh, yeah. a shout out he got from uh, from a famous preacher, man. He was sitting next to Oprah Winfrey at the time. Oprah brought a friend with her today. He's an entrepreneur, an actor. Uh, just this is Joel Tyler Osteen Perry at Lakewood Church. Mr. Tyler Perry. All right. This is Joel. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank y'all so much. We love Medea here at Lakewood. Hallelujah. We pray for you guys and just what God's doing in your lives. But anyway, glad to have all of you here today. <laughs> you can't, but anyway, Oprah, <laughs> Tyler, yeah, Perry it'd be hard to concentrate. What yeah. was Oprah doing at that church? No clue. She no clue. just like she gets into Christianity every once in a while. I love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. She says she's a Christian. Yeah, it's an axe. Something. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not here to arbitrate whether she is or not. Yeah, but if Oprah decides actually, she's a, qu- a Christian, then anyone who does anything Oprah does is also a Christian. Right. Oprah defines Christianity in 2019. Thank Correct. God. Uh, hey, Jesus, Oprah, same amount of letters. Uh, pff, wow, I didn't think it. about that. I'm just gonna oh, say it. That's the new Da Vinci Code. <laughs> just gonna say. It. <laughs> By the way, I didn't mention the, it in that clip I played of Bruce. He's 69 years old. Hell yeah! Oh my gosh! Wait, how old is Oprah? Him. Uh, 420? <laughs> Let's take an ad break. <laughs> She's 420 years old. Nice. I believe it. Yeah. I, yeah. She looks great for her age. Uh, Tom Waits. The aforementioned Tom, Tom Waits, Waits, actually. Mm. Tom Waits, the singer-songwriter, also She's an actor. right now. Sorry. You wow. might remember him from the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah. Or Seven Psychopaths. Or Seven Psychopaths. And that's oh, it. Uh, I'm gonna say he's not a Christian. Not a Christian. doing a Bob Dylan thing and like having a phase hmm. but i'm gonna say no not a christian um he's actually a christian no way. you know i'm starting to realize why would you put up why would you just say like why do you even have him in just this say game? no yeah it's like all right <laughs> yeah. next one what well, waits he's putting out albums now where he's like seeing christian stuff oh wow the first one is called it's kind of a pun but it's called amazing waits and he does covers of old hymns here's oh, wow. a clip from an upcoming song from his album Oh my god. <laughs> this is a joke. Grace. Is this you? Oh sweet. <laughs> the sound that says how much like me. I cannot believe that we fell for this. But now. Anyway, so he does something like that. Kevin does this to me every time, to all of us, every time. Ugh, I know. Well, fall well what it. I didn't mention too is like, it's not just one album, it's a trilogy of albums. What are the other ones? He's doing modern worship standards too, <laughs> using his other voice. Where'd you get the instrumentals for this? Where did he? I don't know. He probably had his band. This sounds like a Tom Waits song, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'm so glad you have your own apartment now. Now, you said it's a trilogy. Yeah. Is this third one Reliant K? 
It is, but it's a cappella. Shackles? <laughs> Sadie Hawkins dance. <laughs> if I had the chance. And then it cuts off there. It's oh, weird. weird. Yeah. A short one. Mm-hmm. Didn't he do a little Mary Mary? Oh, yeah, I have that one too. Yeah, wasn't that a duet that he did? <laughs> with who? I believe it was with another Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah. Let the shackles off my feet <laughs> so I can dance. I just want to praise you. I just want to praise you. You broke my chains now. I can lift my hands. I can lift my hands. I just want... And it cuts off there. Yeah, why did he do it so short? I think because his throat has been sore all it's day. Possible. But I didn't he also do... <laughs> I think it was just the run from Shallow. I heard from. But, I heard about this. Yeah, and it was just on a loop for a solid minute. The, oh. oh yeah, we have one more clip. Of yeah, it. go ahead, go for that. I'm on the deep end. Watch as I dive in. I've never been so bad. <laughs> Wait, one sec. I'm sorry. He, I think he got the words wrong in that one. Is that a demo version that you're playing? <laughs> no, he's an interpreter of that oh, song. Oh, totally. Yeah, sorry. Uh, keep playing it. Crashing in sideways. Did you see sideways? <laughs> it's Paul Giamatti now. Giamatti. <laughs> It's Paul Giamatti now. Yeah, it's me. Thomas Hayden Church. It's me, Paul Giamatti. I'll do a verse too. Yeah, take it away, Paul. Tell me something, girl. Oh my lord. Are you scared of this modern world? I'm scared too. My billions of dollars. And finally, wait, no, there was a Sandra oh! Overs on that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sandra O. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. I don't know what she would sound like singing. I'm not sure. Probably like an angel. Yeah. Sorry, continue. The <laughs> final celeb that we want to f- figure out if they're a Christian or not. Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <a> Jesus. <laughs> Is Super Mario Christian? Now think about it. He's a plumber, so he's not an evangelist. It's a, I am. <laughs> hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say yeah. His brother. He's got a brother named Luigi. Maybe it's a Cain and Abel situation. Or a Moses Aaron. The Italian situation. thing is uh, back. Italians. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. He fights evil. Dating a princess. He Te- he's monogamous. He doesn't. Yeah. Right. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's to do with anything. Yeah. Shoots fireballs a lot. He's mm-hmm. a blue collar worker. Wears the skin of raccoons sometimes. Mm. Sometimes he's a doctor. It's true. He has. <laughs> so he's not a Christian doctor. scientist. Loves tennis. <laughs> yeah. Loves tennis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna say yes. He's a Christian. Yeah. Guys, he's actually a Christian. Oh no way! Here's a clip from his upcoming super <laughs> Christian Mario. <laughs> Let's go. To church. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then you don't find just anyone there. Mention. Like Bowser's there too. He Bowser's praying. That's one of the games. <laughs> they it's all like, just kneel. It's Mario Party, but you have to kneel the most. I'm sorry, Mario, but your savior is in another church. <laughs> Toad is also Italian now. That's oh, right. Man. Wahoo! Oh. Jesus Christ is my savior. <laughs> Mario, you have Jesus to confess. Jesus Christ, he saved me with all his blood on the cross. He died for me. And that's been. Um, he's actually a Christian. I God love that is, game. God is so good. Thank you, Father. Um, he's actually God a Christian. Is, <laughs> he's a Christian. Wow. I love that game. There's a lot of celebs we didn't know about their faith. I'm so happy to hear about those all those guys. Mm-hmm. I should have known about Mario. I really should have thought about it. And been like, yeah, of course he's a Christian. Yeah. Let's uh, bring it down now to a different kind of space. Mm. You lost your voice in a church choir. I did, yeah. Not from uh, any <laughs> dumb clips I did for this show. <laughs> this is the part where I'm supposed to be closing my eyes in church, but I open them and get to see the band leaving the stage, and I'm like, damn. Oh, it's <laughs> always like, me. no. Me. There's but now it's a, an open stage. It's a strange power dynamic where it's like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> you're not fooling me for a second. How come they get to have their eyes open? I can see that, yeah. yeah. I'm going to keep my eyes open. Mm. I actually have to remember to close my eyes like whenever there's like a group prayer happening. Because I'll just invariably stare <laughs> at someone. Yeah, it's weird. Like, yeah, I'm not thinking about it. Mm. The way this works, Demi, is we don't plug ourselves, our own projects. We lift them up. On the 69th, we don't even plug our own selves? No, on the 69th, we plug each other. Listen to Punch Up the Jam. <laughs> uh, continue to listening Goys. to good Christian. I forgot that you did that podcast. Oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> Listen to Maisel Goys. Thank you. What should we listen to of yours? Oh, your Instagram stories are good. <laughs> My butt? <laughs> <laughs> she got you. <laughs> I just realized that after our first podcast together, we both left each other for white women. Well, I when, I was going to wait to tell you this guy, but I am leaving you two to do a podcast with Neil. Oh, <laughs> and Alice. no. The triangle is complete. Wow. Where does that leave us? We just continue to do our own podcast solo. <laughs> no, it's like a pyramid Alone. scheme. Now we have to find two more white women. And you to find two more <laughs> podcasts. It's like with. It Follows. Oh, yes, no. It <laughs> <laughs> is It Follows. Oh. Mm-hmm. Podcast. We start with you, Caroline. You can lift me up at Caroline's Farts. That's where you can support me and listen to me. Um, and then I want to lift up. Uh, I watched both of the Fire Festival documentaries um, mm-hmm. this weekend, and I would highly recommend the Hulu one over really? the Netflix one. So I'll just settle that for you guys because I feel like one, they interview the guy that started it, and two, I feel like they do a better job of. Uh, connecting it to the broader culture than the Netflix one did. Um, and there's some overlap also. So oh. if you're going to pick one, I'd say the Hulu one. Hmm. And that's my professional recommendation. All right. The What was that one called? Fire Fraud? Fire Fraud, fraud. I think. Which is not um, a good title. I think it's, it's just, a pun on Wire Fraud. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I, so. Or just two <laughs> Fs. I don't know. Yeah. But it was good. I, I liked it. And it was just a solid reminder that like all God of these people. Yeah, God is real. One, <laughs> praise him. And two, like all these people that I look at all day are trying to sell me something. And they're all, you know, scammers in some way. And yeah. that, like, that's just a good reminder every mm. once in a while. To get out of your bubble. Yeah. And to not fall for the scam. Yeah. Do we turn it to Demi. Mm-hmm. Hello. I would like to lift up myself. Uh, at Electro Lemon, you can follow me everywhere. Um, you can listen to my podcast, Punch Up the Jam. We talk about popular songs and then rewrite them. 
Aww. hilarious uh, with another former guest, Miel Breda. Yes, we have uh, we had show. Kevin on recently. We should have Caroline on soon. Wow, just let yeah. me know what song you want to talk about. Okay, I'd love it. Yeah, don't screw it up like I did when Demi said, "What song do you want to punch up?" I said, "Jesus Freak" by DC. No, <laughs> the problem there was just that Miel had no idea what it was, and so we didn't want to be like, "Okay, well, let's figure this." Well, out. I think it was at a point in the show too where I wasn't sure if it was just popular songs that you guys right. did. So I was like, "Well, here's a song that's crazy, exactly. but it was popular, mm. kind of." Not really. We should like open it up to more songs, but then we're always just worried that people won't listen if they don't know it. And then we're like, well, we're doing too much work for people not to just listen to every episode. Hey, listen, the song's not the the draw here. It's you and your co-host. I think it's the songs. Okay. And I would also (laughs) like to, uh, oh, uh, watch the Late Late Show, I guess. Um, But only when Demi's stuff is on. Don't watch it. Yeah, and I won't tell you when stuff is on, so just don't watch the Late Late Show, I guess. Uh, And then... Don't watch Late I just watched a movie called Bad Genius that I really loved. It is this, uh, it's on Netflix. It's this Thai, like, thriller that's also a heist movie, but it's about these kids Mm. who are trying to steal the answers, like, to an exam. And it's so, it's shot so well. It's like an Edgar Wright movie, almost. It's edited crazily, like, very cool. And it's like, yeah. It, I love the thing I love about heist movies is how like it's always written in a way that like the screenwriter is smarter than you and like they're carrying you one way so they can trick you and yeah. I love that mm-hmm. so Ooh, it's a great one like Ocean's Eight exactly well yes I like Anne Hathaway in Ocean's Eight yeah she's great yeah you can lift me up at Kevin T. Bar everywhere and I will plug I will plug uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge finally on the train yeah because I finally watched Killing Eve and Fleabag and Solo. And so that's what did it for you. Huh? That was the first Phoebe Waller Bridge joint I watched was her as sex robot in Solo, <laughs> which is like, yeah, it's a bummer way to get into it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what a what a genius, what a hilarious genius. She's incredible. Oh, and Maggie Rogers' new album I like a lot. I, think I still really listen to it, yeah. but yeah, I have two different friends that produce songs on that album, so oh, I really wow. should listen to it. That's really good. Yeah. And then lift us up at Christian Fun Pod, blah, 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 patreon.com slash good Christian Fun. Don't blah, 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 blah our, our lift up. Blah, blah, blah. iTunes reviews, dollar to charity. This month's charity is St. Jude's Hospital. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Help the kids. So on and so forth. Whatever. Who cares? Who can cares? Hey, Demi. Yeah. Happy 69th episode to you. And happy, a merry 69th to you both. Thank There's you. a war on 69 Demi. out there, and I thank don't subscribe you. to it. I am first Preach. lieutenant. I am on the front, and thank you. Okay, well, let's and I'm the, on the back. Let's bring the <laughs> let's bring the nine back on the 69 this holidays. Keep the nine and 69. I want people sucking dicks on my Starbucks cups again, <laughs> and vaginas as well. Right. Well, sorry. Sucking. I want people being eaten out and eaten out other people. <laughs> On my Starbucks cup. Thank you. How come that? How come that Starbucks mermaid ain't eating somebody out? <laughs> Tell me that, Jeff Bezos. Starbucks mermaid got needs too. Yeah. Aww. Hey, it was so fun to do another podcast so with you. Great. Really, what was. a fun Thanks reunion! Thank you so much on. for inviting me into your uh, sacred space. You're so welcome. And there's nothing left to say except for and all of Pod's people said Amen. amen. If you're out on, on the, the road, oh, do you guys not do that? I always, oh, I was gonna do that, but then I got scared oh, that you guys would hate it. I, I would not hate it. Hate it. <laughs> do it. All right, here, let, here's. Do you the, have the clip ready? Here's the song. <laughs> My heart still fine. I will see you next Wait, week. Wait, what guys. if? What if? You played the clip uh, of those three Tom. Wait- I remember there was a clip of three Tom Waits. 
singing the Gilmore Girls theme. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you just play that? Okay. Okay, yeah. let me turn this down. I'll play that. <coughs> you ready, Tom? Yep. Sure, yeah. I thought you were referring to that. To me. Don't I'll, me. I'll count it down. Okay. <laughs> Two, three, four. If, if you're out, out on the road, <laughs> feeling lonely and so cold. cold. All you got to do is call my name and I'll be there on the next train. Choo choo, where you be? Oh my god. I will follow. Oh my god. Anywhere that you tell me to. If you need me to be with you, I will follow. Ho, ho, ho. Where you lead, Ow. I will follow. So keep going anywhere, anywhere that you tell me to. If you need, you need me to take you. I will follow where you lead. I like that song. I forgot what happens after that. <laughs> I got too jokery near the end. <laughs> I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye. Oh, hi, y'all. It's me, Amy Grant. All right. 69th episode. That was indeed nice. If you've never listened to the show before, I'm Amy Grant, a platinum best-selling recording artist in the Christian and sometimes the mainstream music industry. And I've never been on the show. I just do these outros for Kevin and Caroline on the show, wherein I tell you, the listener, What's coming up next week? Um, and, you know, they do stuff on this show that's, like, not my thing at all. Like, I don't really want to talk about, hmm, do I have a take on, like, Bradley Cooper sucking himself off? The answer is no, I don't. You think I'd do a song like that? Maybe it's time to let me suck myself off or whatever it was. No. Maybe it's not about that life. Oh, boy. I mean, I guess you could do, like, sucky, sucky, or something like that. But, you know. Oh, I kind of lost my voice there for a second. <laughs> that was a rare moment for Amy. Anyway, I do these outros, and I tell you, the listener, what you can prepare for next week, what they're doing on the show. Homework. Everyone loves homework. You spend most of your life in school or half your life, and then you want to listen to a podcast with homework. Isn't that fun? Sorry, it's just been... This has been kind of a tense time doing these outros. I feel like I'm not being appreciated the way I was at the beginning. But anyway, you know, that's Amy's problem. I got a lot I got a lot of work to do, a lot of stuff to deal with on my own time, and that's not your issue. But next week on GCF, Kevin and Caroline are going to be listening to that band Out of Eden and their album More Than You Know from 1996. Right in that nostalgic sweet spot. It's 90s, <laughs> you know. Stuff only 90s Christians will get, LOL. Uh, giving me life. I'm here for it. All right. Amy, motherfucking Grant, over and out. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>